Sword Wrestling Fan Radio, episode 155 is on the air. I am Think, hey. I am think So Joe, along with uh, G. Hey, buddy. How, how's everybody doing this week, buddy? JT. Let's put Roman Reigns over, please. Make him look good. <laughs> and Mark. Seriously, make him look good. You've got to lose, you've got to win, but make him look good. Yeah. Apparently everybody's heard the uh, second CM Punk interview now. <laughs> Wait, that's what we're talking about? I'm just a really big Roman Reigns fan. <laughs> Actually, I talked to somebody last night that hadn't even listened to the first part. Yeah, I'm like, hey, you need to listen to it. Yeah. Because uh, he, he was taking Z-Packs. So I'm like, so he, you're like CM Punk. And he's like, what? I'm like, you haven't heard the interview yet? I'm like, you need to listen to it. That's all <laughs> he talks about is Z-Packs. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's a big week for CM Punk, and, and obviously we're going to get into that uh, a little bit more later on. Uh, but in the first half of the show today, G just signed online, so let me get the actual G in on this conversation. <laughs> uh, but we've got uh, coming up on the show uh, the former sign guy Dudley, Louie Dangerously from ECW. Lou D'Angeli is going to be on the show. He's going to be calling in about 15 minutes, uh, which... Uh, yeah. I gotta give this guy all the credit in the world because he's been sending out tweets and, and you know all week, uh, all for the last two weeks. Like, hey, I'm gonna be on Board Wrestling Fan Radio on this date. Send me questions. You know, tweet questions to them. Send them questions, and we got nothing. <laughs> Nobody sent us anything. Actually, there was one question, and and I'll I'll bring that up during the interview. But it wasn't like a serious question for like his wrestling career or his current career as the marketing and PR director of Cirque du Soleil. Well, we also have another big week too. Um, it, it's the battle for bragging rights at BWF as the Raiders play the 49ers today. Oh, geez, I'm so scared of the Raiders. <laughs> It's not on well, TV here. Is it on TV there? No. no. I, we're, I wouldn't think like, so. We're getting the Broncos. We're getting the Broncos playing whoever they're playing. Buffalo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, oh, that means Those it's two losers. weeks. Names means two. Hey, Buffalo is actually good. <laughs> but, um, no, Surprisingly. It, 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 that means in two weeks when the Bills play the Raiders, that game will be televised. That humiliation will be televised. Right. Damn it. It sucks being a Raiders <laughs> fan. I'm sorry. <laughs> they are talking about bringing a team to L.A., I was going to make a meme saying the return of the L.A. extreme. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, boy. G will be excited. Our, our guest this week is also a huge hockey fan. So you can you can talk to him about hockey a little bit if you want to, G. You don't have to sit what? silently. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just do these interviews and you guys are just like sitting there listening like you might as well just download the podcast later (laughs) so gee did you cry when Beth died last week hello he's he's still broken up about it he he must be oh he froze he froze oh did he Uh, yeah he just messaged me I froze uh, yeah I I, I lost him there he's he's gone for now (laughs) You know, somebody was somebody was like, "Oh, I missed The Walking Dead tonight." And like, "Oh yeah, I know what happened because I go on Facebook and don't give a shit." <laughs> you know? Well, I, I didn't watch it live. I had to watch it 
I watched it like right after Eric's, and I didn't go online, but I had, I couldn't watch it live last week because one of my cats decided to get down in the basement, and we spent an hour looking for her and still didn't find her. Oh, great. That's always fun. You're going to uh, hear a slight echo in just a second. For just a second. The there it is. It's gone. I was signing into the BWF chat room at bwfradio.com. And you can, too, if you're listening live, which you're not, if you don't know that you could be in the chat room right now. (laughs) (laughs) But if you're listening on the podcast, you can tune in live next week for the BWF Awards. Yay! Yes, the BWF Awards, which means that for the next week, we're all going to be spending a week looking at each other's choices for uh, Indie Wrestler of the Year. (laughs) Kind of try and make a decision. We'll just copy you. You Just copy me again, yeah. By Jamin I don't know. I've got Maven fans, so Maven fans got a, a, a pretty interesting one. <laughs> Jamin Olavencia won last year just because George and I were like, yeah, we like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I know who mine is. I know who my pick is, and I will send a couple of videos to you guys so you guys can can get an idea of why. But uh, And then I'll, I know G's posted some videos of who he thinks should be uh, the Indie Wrestler of the Year, and I'll check those out, and we'll we'll, we'll actually have... You know, a good, uh, we'll have a good, um, you know, idea this year. We'll have, we'll actually have basis for our, our choice for Indie Wrestler of the Year, which was the problem last year was, well, you and George go to indie shows and see these guys and we just watch YouTube and don't know who these guys are. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw it out. Oh. Both of my announcements. I'm going through. I am going through the WWE Network, and I'm trying to watch all the shit that was the pay-per-views in in review. So, I might actually can can actually have choices to pick for pay-per-view of the year. Wow! And I forgot. I forgot I was gonna make make an announcement today. You were gonna make an announcement today, and I I had no idea what it was. So that's for, for those of all that don't know. Destination America is on Hulu Plus, so you might might be able to watch TNA. Hey, maybe. No, that wasn't the special uh, announcement. But I got. I should. I should wait for G to come on. I guess. I guess. I don't want him to not, not be on here and miss it. I guess we're. we're <laughs> I don't know what happened. He just kind of froze up. He's probably restarting. He'll be back shortly. I'm sure. Live radio, folks. And, and by the way. Uh, two years ago today, we had technical problems. And three years ago today, we had technical problems. Actually, yesterday, uh, all these technical problems occurred. Uh, two years ago today was supposed to be the Chris Jericho interview. <laughs> the whole two minutes that we got out of that. <laughs> and three years ago was Board Wrestling Fan Radio, episode three. And he is G. Apparently. What's that, What's up, guys? Yep. There, there's G. <laughs> I'm, I'm here. I'm here to chill out with you guys. What's go, what is going on in the world of, of, of wrestling? Of, 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 of bear wrestling. Bear wrestling. That's what we call it up here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's G. There's the real G. My computer only freezes when I'm talking to you, Joe, on Skype. I don't know why that is. <laughs> Your computer <laughs> loves me. The only time it freezes. Your computer loves me. It just wants to prevent me from talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> so, now that we are all here, I will might make my big announce my quote unquote big announcement. Please do. Um, so well, 
I finally went out and did it. And I did, I, I pot something this week. And it was something, I don't know. Fuck it. Bang. That gives you any hint. Um, JT yeah, got I, DDP yoga. Yep. <laughs> I was going to do it earlier in the year, but what, like last year, like last year, this time I didn't have, you know, the extra cash coming in. And I, was, and I saw you did a Black Friday sale. And I was yeah. like, let me wait, let me wait. Because I didn't really want to pay full price for it. You know, and end up being like you and like, you know, yeah, I, you do it, but you don't do it. You don't keep up with it. So I, what I did is I went and I went to the Black Friday sale and I did it. I put the money down, doing a th- the monthly payment deal. And yeah, it's on its way. Yeah, George and I last year did the Black Friday deal. We we actually split the cost. And I've, d- I've done it far more than George has. George has done it once. <laughs> he did the Diamond Dozen with me. And then he's like, okay, yeah, brother, I'll be back next week. And then he never came back. So... <laughs> I mean, he came back. He just, oh, no, I don't have time. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, was actually, so gonna, huh? I was actually on the bus the other day, and I'm, I'm talking to the bus driver, and some reason the, the you know, weight loss came up, you know, and, and staying in shape, and she goes, you know, she's telling me about all this. She did the P90X, and she did the hip-hop abs and all that other, you know, all that other shit you see on TV. And I said, I said you know what I've been doing is DDP yoga, and it's great. It's the most intense workout especially the ab workout that i've ever done even like when i was with a personal trainer you know and i think i, I think i sold her on ddp yoga I, th- I think she's gonna she was gonna write it down she was gonna go home and she was gonna look it up and she was gonna order i i think i, I sold her on ddp yoga. well my thing is this is i'm down to the gym to maybe two days a week unless i'm off off of my day job and it's you know I don't have the time to go to do the gym as much and you know with my job changing could change on a dime at any point no I'm not going to lose my job don't worry don't people don't worry I'm not going to lose either job <laughs> it's just I'm going to be getting more responsibility in my my day job so my time my you know my time is just you know going to be crunched down a lot so I figured I'd just I'd get that do do something like that to, you know if I get too worked up too much you know if I get too busy or you know, whatever, you know, and it needs to stress, de-stress, you know, I think it'd be, that would be a lot easier to do when, you know, like you hear DDP say, you know, it takes, for me to go to the gym, it takes 15 minutes just to get ready and get there because it's a 10 minute drive from my house, you know, and I could have been, you know, staying home and doing it. You can just, you know, go do it and there you go. You know, the time you spent driving there, you could get half a work, you could do, you know, a workout or, you know, for, Exactly. Exactly. So, and, and I, like, I have it. Like, my wife has a gym membership, and she's got that. Uh, we, we go to the same gym you do, JT, and it's the. She's got that black card, mm-hmm. which means we could go to any of the Planet Fitnesses. We can go and, uh, you know, she can bring me anytime she wants. But we just don't go. We just don't have the time. It's just, you know, yeah, we're, we're wasting time. You guys don't. Month. You guys don't have a vehicle. <laughs> right. So. Right. Lucky for us, it's, the, the gym is literally like right up the street from us. We just have to hop on a bus, and we're right there. But. You know, it's just a matter of by time she gets home from work, if she has the energy to go, if I feel like going, you know, it's we, we you know, rarely get a chance to go. So we're actually kind of wasting twenty bucks a month on that, to be honest. But you know, it's worth having. It's nice being able to go when we want to and when we're able to. But it's just few and far between at this point. Yeah. So, oh, one other one question I wanted to ask. I heard on I was listening to another podcast this week, and they were saying that the um, 
anonymous GM was going to be revealed again this week? Did that get revealed? No. Oh, okay. No, but there was a sign that says we know it was Hornswoggle. Yeah. <laughs> there were some great signs in the crowd this week. <laughs> Someone check my staffing. Yeah, that, that one in particular. <laughs> I'm surprised that made sucked. it through. Yeah, the show was terrible. Absolutely oh, okay. terrible. I actually can't remember what happened. It was that terrible. Oh, it was it was just bad. There was just nothing to talk about. It's just you know, they didn't advance anything really. I mean, yeah, they set up the matches for TLC, but who the fuck cares at this point? Like Oh, it's uh, TLCS now. Yeah, I was gonna say it's no longer TLC, it's tables, ladders, and stairs. Hold on, we got a call coming in. Hello, caller. You're on the air. Hey, it's Lou. Lou! Lou D'Angeli, formerly known as Sign Guy Dudley, formerly known as Lou E. Dangerously, and currently the marketing and PR director of Cirque du Soleil. That's a hell of an intro. That is, and, and that's, <laughs> that's a hell of a resume. <laughs> I, I, I do my best. I do my best. Yeah, that's Wait, what's going on. What's going on in wrestling? Is there any any big news? Anything going on the last like twenty four hours that I should be aware of? Uh, in the last twenty four hours, uh, the only thing I know that happened in the last twenty four hours, uh, we lost Gigolo Jimmy Del Rey. That's terrible news. You know, I, I literally just found that out about an hour and a half ago, and uh, I met and worked with him in ECW. And I was a huge uh, when I was in college. I was a huge, huge Smoky Mountain wrestling fan, and. Um, I love the heavenly bodies. So when I got a chance to actually work with him, um, as sign guy Dudley, uh, he had a match with Bubba at the arena in, um, I guess it would have been September, October of 1995. It was cool. It was cool just to hang out with him and, and meet him. But it sucks, man. I know so many people that have passed on in the business, and I know that's like, you know, pretty stereotypical to say, but it's true, and um, it sucks. Um, but he was a really good guy. I remember I have some very very clear story one night about the night we worked with him and I and he said it I said hey do you, do you want me to like pop up on the apron or anything and you know take a bump for you and he goes well if you pop up I'm definitely hitting you as hard as I can so I'm like cool uh, <laughs> it, was, it was fun times but um, it was it's a, it's a sad loss to go back for his entire family the crazy thing is I've been watching the uh, old Monday Night Raw's 93 and I just, I'm just finishing up 1994 right now and he's on a lot of those with the with the with the heavenly oh, bodies, yeah. so that's it's just I was literally watching him wrestle the Bushwhackers last night. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's uh, those are that's one of those teams that I always felt, um, you know, I never thought they got their their due in the business. There's a few guys like that that I feel really strongly that I wish they had gotten more popular. Um, I think they they did a great job at Smoky Mountain Wrestling. I just don't know um, if they ever got their due uh, per se as a team. I think. Uh, Tom Pritchard, who I know well too, is a great guy as well. Is a great asset to WWE at, at, at um, a certain time. So I think, uh, you know, never say never. Maybe history can repeat itself with another tag team that models themselves after them. Who knows? But they they fall in the categories of, of I wish they had gotten more. No, I've seen. That. I was watching an ECW episode that he was in actually not too long ago. Actually, probably it was probably around the time that I emailed you in the first place to come on the show. I was. Uh, he was on. It was supposed to be him in the and and uh, uh, my mind just went. <laughs> it was supposed okay. to be the Heavenly Bodies, and and uh, and uh, Pritchard had left ECW, and they're like, "Oh, he's uh, Joey Styles. He zipped his way out of here." <laughs> yeah, yeah, the old the old zip and skip. <laughs> 
I wish they had stayed around, man. I really do. It would have been awesome. I think they would have had a lot of fun. And as the Dudleys had gotten more over and when Devon wasn't even there yet, I mean, that could have been some cool matches, man. But oh well. Yeah, we actually had uh, another one of the uh, Dudley crew on a couple of weeks ago. We had uh, uh, Joel Gertner was on. <laughs> well, and then there's Joel who falls into the category of, uh, well, we're really starting off on some uh, negativity here, but I think Joel never got his due in the wrestling business either. I think he is one of the best talents, best people on the microphone, and most intelligent people I've ever worked with in wrestling. And, uh, and man, it's like... I always thought he should have gone further, and I still think he can because of what he does as a you know as an announcer or um, as a manager, whatever you want to call him. Just as a talent, he has a great mind for the business, and uh, I, I I still am shocked to this day that he wasn't one of those guys. Even when they did like the ECW resurrection in WWE or whatever, they didn't give him like a a real shot. Um, he never got there. He never got the shot that I think he deserves, and I still think he can get there. I don't you know. I don't know how everybody else feels, but man, he could still talk. And I had listened to a little bit of that interview, so I knew what I was walking into. So <laughs> I, uh, it was pretty good. And, uh, I have nothing but good things to say about him. Him and I used to travel together and, uh, we used to have a blast. And, uh, he used to, he killed me, man. He's a funny guy. But in all seriousness, though, he really deserves, uh, I think deserved a little bit more. You actually went on to, uh, after ECW, you went on to work with WWE. But let's, let's back up before we get to your, your marketing career. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. And, and let's talk about how you actually got started with ECW because that's a story that's not really out there that much is how you actually came to be an employee of ECW. Yeah, you know, I was in college and uh, I was a huge wrestling fan. I went to college at the University of Hartford in Connecticut and, um, I was always I was a huge wrestling fan my whole life really, and I was uh, home on I guess some kind of spring winter break I don't know, and I turned on Sports Channel Philadelphia at the time, and um, I saw Eddie Gilbert coming to the ring and I was like what is this like because I mean I used to love NWA, UWF all that kind of stuff so I know who Eddie was, and um, I start watching it I'm just watching the show and he's doing an angle with like Terry Funk. Paul E and all this stuff. I'm like, this is awesome. Like, and then it's I find out it's in Philadelphia where I'm from. Um, it's basically you know it's it's on Swanson and Rittner Street at the at a play at a bingo hall. They're filming this TV show, and I'm like, this is amazing. This is in my hometown. So I made plans to come back to Philly the next time they were doing a TV taping, and I just kind of started hanging around, and I just started. Um, kind of volunteering myself to do things for the company and one of the biggest things I did was I, when I was in college I was a music editor for my school paper which was a, a really cool gig because I got to interview a lot of really cool bands before they, they, they made it and I met Gabe Sapolsky and I asked Gabe like do you need any help ever writing for your, your program um, which was called um, the ECW Action Wire and he said yes and he said I can't pay you you know I was like I'm not looking to get paid I'm just looking to uh to get in the wrestling business so I started that and I did that and then I became a ringside photographer Gabe was like can you take pictures and I just said yeah yeah I can take pictures I had never taken any pictures in my life <laughs> uh, that were professionally you know done and um, so I was a ringside photographer I wrote for the program and then I was also growing up in the midst of the grunge movement so I had long hair and a flannel shirt and you know the whole deal and the Dudleys had started with the original Dudleys, uh, Little Snot, Dudley Dudley, and Big Dick Dudley. And I had become friendly with Raven um, 
Tommy Dreamer, Taz, Stevie Richards, all those kind of guys. Um, but specifically, Raven one night wanted to see me when I got to the arena. Usually when, when someone wants to see you, um, it's not to congratulate you on a job well done <laughs> because you have some kind of heat or there's some kind of issue. So I, I just I went up to him and I said, hey, hey, what's going on? What's up? And he's like, congratulations, you've graduated. You are now Sign Guy Dudley. And I, I said, what is that? And he said, I want you to go down the street to whatever, CVS, Walmart, whatever. I want you to buy some poster board. I want you to buy some markers. I want you to come back and see me as soon as you do that. So I go down there. I get it. I come back. And he has a tie-dyed shirt in his hand. And I had like a pair of just like shorts on or whatever. And he's like, we're going to rib the other sign guy in the front row, which was um, this guy named Paul Mellis, who was like the ECW original sign guy. Um, he used to hold all, all the funny signs, and everybody knows who I'm, what, who I'm talking about if you've yeah. ever watched ECW. Raven just wanted to rib him a little bit and throw me in the front row just as, an, as an offshoot Dudley, maybe do it for like a show or two, and uh, and that was it. And that show or two became like a six-year run in ECW because <laughs> I took that ball and ran as far as I could with it with every opportunity I got. I was very content and happy being a ringside photographer and a and a writer. And now to have a chance to work as a talent was unbeknownst to me. Like I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but I knew I was going to work as hard as I could to do it. So that was the end. Um, extremely lucky. And a lot of people will say right place, right time in the wrestling business is almost everything. And, and that's a very good example of right place, right time. And, um, and also Raven and I were buddies and he sold the idea to dreamer and Taz and Paul and, I knew those guys at that point because of just the stuff I'd done for them. So it was, it was, I was very lucky. I was very fortunate. It's actually funny because the, the episode I was watching, uh, when I actually got a hold of you, I was watching it, 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 the guys in the front row with the sign that says the one and only original <laughs> extreme <Yeah>. sign guy. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, well, there we, we had this. Yeah, sorry, I <laughs> like, 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 wait a minute. What, what's the story here? Like, I, I vaguely remember this because I was like, what was this? Like, this is like 95, 96, somewhere around there. So I'm like 15, yeah, 16 yeah. years old. Yeah. Like, like, okay, what, what's the deal here? Wait, I, I, I vaguely remember this. <laughs> 95 was, uh, yeah, it was 95. And, uh, I started just, you know, Raven and I would talk at the, at the time, ECW was running like one or two shows a month, you know, and Raven and I would talk and he'd say, give me ideas for signs and then he'd say bring a, a, a bigger sign than than the other sign guy does so we just start getting this sign contest and one night I just brought a sheet and we just held the whole thing up in the ring and that was the end of that and it was just terrible though it was just so mindless but it was so funny <laughs> it was it was good stuff though so now you're with the Dudleys and, and, and you were doing this now I think before Lenny and Lodi were doing this in WCW weren't you Oh yeah, Lodi and I had uh, yeah, Lodi totally took that for me. Well, Raven gave that to him, but the first time I met Lodi was hysterical. Actually, uh, he came to visit us uh, ECW. I think we were in like Macon, Georgia, or something like that. And all of a sudden, like, and everybody knew. I didn't really care. I, I just kind of made it a joke. Like, I held a sign up one night on a pay per view that said "Stolen Gimmick Victim" and <laughs> stuff like that, and. And somebody, Bubba came up to me. He's like, you're not going to believe who's here. You're not going to believe who's here. I'm like, who? He's like, Lodi. I'm like, let's fuck with him. You know? And <laughs> so we went up and, and I was like, bro, we have a lot of heat. He's like, dude, I'm so sorry. He was like, I was like, I'm just kidding. And then we squat. I was like, there was nothing. He's like, I still keep in touch with him today. Um, he just got married. His beautiful wife. He's an amazing guy from um, when I was talking to him frequently. And um, 
it was funny, but yeah, it was uh, it was just a little inside rip. But it came from Raven. It's okay. Raven's a freaking genius. So right. if he wanted to do Sign Guy Part Two and call him Lodi, um, and I used to call him Idol because obviously Lodi Idol backwards. So it was uh, kind of funny. But uh, yeah, no, we did that be- way before those guys. <laughs> It's uh, and and for anybody that's listening that doesn't know that Raven is legitimately a genius, he's a Mensa member. <laughs> oh yeah, the guy's the guy yeah. is seriously, you know. When I look back on my wrestling career now, and and you know, I did have a good run. I mean, six years in ECW, I worked four and a half for WWE. Um, I, I got involved in some cool indies here and there. I was really lucky, but I ran. I worked with a lot of different people and. He was one of the smartest, for sure. And when I look back on it now, I think a lot of times I wish I had listened more than I talked, um, which was my problem back then. I always like to have an opinion. And, you know, I don't think that's bad. But sometimes when you're growing up, or as I did in the wrestling business, per se, at a very young age, uh, you shouldn't really be talking too much, And uh, <laughs> at least in the old school way. I don't know how it is now, but um, that's how it was when I started. So I wish I had listened to him a little bit more. But um, him and I are in great terms, and we, we talk all the time. We have a fantastic relationship um, so so I'm gonna ask you the same question I asked uh, I asked uh, uh, fuck, man, my brain is not working today Joel I'm gonna yes, ask sir. you the same question yeah. I asked him a couple of weeks ago <laughs> and that is uh, when, when WWE came calling for the Dudleys did you get the call did they call you at no. all no 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 I didn't get not, not get a call I uh, I had been, I got a call from Devon after they were signed and said that I was probably going to get a call um, I never told anybody that story and it's been so long ago, it doesn't even matter. But no, um, I never actually got any call. And to God's honest truth, I don't know if I would have even gone. And everybody who hears that's like, yeah, right. You know, of course you would have. And actually, no, I, I don't think I would have because there's two reasons. One, well, maybe three reasons. One, at the time that I was doing Sign Guy Dudley, I was also working in radio promotion for a, a station in Philadelphia. And that is ties in the reason number two is because I knew Sign Guy Dudley wouldn't last forever, which ties in the reason number three, which I knew male managers and managers in general were an extinct breed. So, and four, also, I couldn't work like a wrestler. I could take a bump, you could do that kind of stuff, but I couldn't work a match, per se, um, like, you know, chain wrestle and stuff like that. So if you tell that story to yourself, it actually makes sense. I think I would have left ECW worked for WWF or I think it was WWF at the time yeah. for like three months and probably been done and I knew that and they never called I never even had to even think about um, I, I was never faced with that decision um, at the same time that happened I had a conversation with Paul because I was doing radio promotions and I had a very strong promotion and marketing background already which was my side gig um, I next to ECW, so I was working two jobs at once for this exact reason to have a career after wrestling. And I, you know, Bubba was a huge promoter for ECW. He did a lot of our almost all of the towns. He did all the marketing, and uh, so I asked basically, can I run with that job? And Paul gave me a shot, and Jack Victory a shot um, to go do that, and we did. So I gave you a very long answer and probably jumped a few questions, but uh, bottom line, no, I never got a call. Um, I don't. I don't. I wouldn't have gone for the same reasons that you just heard. All right. I know. Uh, I know. Joel said he got the call, and he said that he would. Uh, he was too loyal to Paul. <laughs> he couldn't. He yeah. Couldn't you know, and I believe that. I, yeah. I actually. That was the first time I ever heard that Joel got that call. I, I never knew that, and I. Uh, 
I was on your pod, on, on your podcast, so I thought that was, that was cool. I was like, that's good for Joel, and I was I am happy for him. I, I wish that uh, I think he did the right thing at the right time by staying because in ECW got bigger and he got a kind of a more bigger role and he got a chance to be doing color commentary and doing things like that. But I don't know if that would have happened up there necessarily. Um, I think for him at that time it was the right move. Now your role changed around the same time. You actually became Lou E. Dangerously. So how did that happen? So that was, um, you know, it was uh, one night we were in the, Johnny Grunge, God rest his soul, used to come up to me all the time when I had my back toward him and call me Paul because he legitimately thought I was Paul. And then one night, because, you know, I, I wore the hat, I wore the, kind of the same clothes that Paul would wear. And, uh, and Dreamer used to do the same thing. And when the Dudleys were going to leave and we all knew that was happening, me and Dreamer had a conversation about, well, I could do like you know I could be bitter sign guy Dudley and call myself Louie dangerously and he was hysterical and but they actually gave me a shot to do it and um, they gave me a, it was literally I had a job as a promoter <clears throat> they told me from no matter what happens you have a job as a promoter we are going to give you basically an in-ring tryout to be Louie dangerously you're going to cut a promo you're going to rip Paul apart you're going to do it with Joey Styles and it's going to be at the ECW arena and it's going to open the show, which is the hardest spot in, in, in ECW. It's either you're opening the show or the main event or the, or the tough spot at the ECW arena because that crowd is was tough. So I went. I did it. I, I nailed it. Joey Styles helped me out a lot. Paul helped me out. Dreamer helped me a lot. Everyone helped me a lot to get to that spot, to get that moment, and uh, and then to run with it because that lasted like another two years and prolonged my run. So that's how long that – that's how it went. Um, there were a lot of cool things we were going to do with Louis Dangerously that we just never got to, and I think that was partially because the company went out of business and partially because the guys I was working with kind of kept getting switched up a little bit. But I had a blast with it. It was it was hysterical. And I wish I had done more with Paul himself. We, we did a few things here and there, but he was busy with uh, lots of other things, so we didn't get a lot of in-ring interaction. But we got some, and it was it was pretty money, man. I had a good time with it. I tell you, it could be. It could just be because I was sixteen, seventeen. It was three o'clock on Saturday morning. But I, a lot of the time watching you, it was just like, wait, is that Paul or is that Lou? <laughs> <laughs> it was scary, man. I studied a lot of his tapes. I, I think the, the Living I Dangerously pay per view was the one that was like, wait, is that Paul or is that <laughs> Lou? I, I, because there was the promo, and it's, it's. I named this pay per view after myself. I'm like, wait, is that Paul or is that Lou? I can't tell. <laughs> that's right. I'm mean, the only man smart enough to name a pay per view after myself. I remember the line. Yeah, no, that's. Uh, but I used to watch all his videos beforehand. Before I was, when I was Sign Guy Dudley, I watched Paul, and because I wanted, you know, because as a manager, as I was, Paul and I had like, a, and I know he talked about this a little bit, so I'm not going to get super repetitive. But we both had, we both were managers in a way. But he spoke. He did the promos. Bubba did the promos. I took the bumps and did a lot of the spots. And so did Joel. I'm not taking that away from him. I just did. A, I just did a lot more of them. And um, but I learned the the ringside manner, mannerisms and the facials and you know when to get the crowd going and when not to distract yourself or distract the the audience from the match by doing something at ringside by watching tapes of Paul and listening to him and uh, you know getting his advice. So he helped me all along. So when it became time to do Louis Dangerously, it was like, well, I already kind of know a lot. So it was it's pretty awesome. It was pretty awesome. And you got to work with Billy Corrigan. Yeah, I did. I got to work with him several times, and that was an idea. This was the cool part about ECW, where you could pitch your own ideas, and you would have a form to do so. 
And Billy showed up one night in, I guess, 90, 1999 at the Odium in Chicago for, um, uh, I don't remember the pay-per-view, but it was one of the pay-per-views I was not on. It was the only pay-per-view I wasn't on because uh, the Dudleys had just left. So they were doing, I, I knew Louie Dangerously was coming, but we were taking three months. They didn't have me on camera for three months. So it was kind of like people would forget about it and whatever you transition. And somebody came up to me in the locker room. I believe it was Dreamer. He said, hey, that Smashing Pumpkins guy is here. And they're um, <laughs> one of my favorite bands at the time and still are. And I said, well, what's Smashing Pumpkins guy? And he's like, the uh, Billy guy. So I went up and I had a great conversation with him. And we, we started a really cool friendship that night. It's probably been about 15 years ago now. And um, along the lines of our friendship, about three or four months into it, I pitched an idea to him first. I said, well, what if we did something in the ring together? And you know, because now Louis Dangerously was out um, as a character in terms of being on TV and whatnot. And uh, I talked to Billy about an idea, and his only comment was, I, I love it as long as it's not cheesy. And because um, there's been a lot of cheesy, you know, celebrity integrations. And of course. we uh, we, uh, we pitched the idea to Tommy. Tommy pitched it to Paul. Paul let us run with it. And we did, uh, we did an angle in Peoria, and we did a bunch of stuff at the Hammerstein Ballroom. Um, that was pretty awesome. We gave each other legit concussions, which sucked, um, <laughs> but bet. it was good for good for business at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, and then I have afterlife with Billy now too. With the well, when he was doing Resistance Pro, I don't know if we're going to get to that later, but um, I can touch on it now, or I can touch on it yeah, later. Yeah, certainly go uh, right ahead. Yeah, so I mean, when he started up the Resistance Pro promotion in Chicago, and uh, or became part of it. As a creative director, and he had called me. It was about two years ago, um, in March, this upcoming March, and I hadn't done anything in the ring for quite some time, and I was very content in that fact that my wrestling career was probably like over, which was cool. Um, uh, and he asked me if I would come and do some things with him, and it was more on the developmental side. He's like, "We help people, you know, do a, learn to do a promo and and do this kind of stuff," which was really weird because I never looked at myself as a, somebody that could do that with people. Because um, he had Raven there and he had Nova, Mike Gucci there too, and you know I called Mike and I said, "What do you think?" And he's like, "You should come." These guys are like eager to learn, and but they're also a really cool locker room. And man, I had a great time there, but that thing just blew the fuck up. And it just—I mean, when I say blew up, I don't mean it blew up like it became the biggest thing in the world. It crashed and fucking burned, and <laughs> it sucks that 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 happened. And. Billy stepped away from it. I know a couple weeks ago, yeah. and and you know we again, and I, I we had such a great idea that we were going to do, and I can't talk about it because of the AFC deal was out there. But man, we were going to do some cool shit, and it sucks that the the business end of it went the, the way it should have because I believe that the people that had the chance to make the business end successful did not do it a good job in terms of sponsorships and ticket sales and everything. If you're giving me Billy Corgan in Chicago as my main hook to sell something, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be able to sell it. Um, so it was a shame. It's a shame that what happened there. But I will tell you this: it did. It did kind of let me know how much I appreciated the wrestling business, and it was really flattering at times when people would come up to you and ask you for advice or ask you to watch their match. And it was also really cool to reconnect with Raven. It was cool to work with a guy like uh, Ego and Jay Bradley, and I got Nikki St. John and Darcy Dixon. Ashton Baton. There's so many different people up there that I got to, 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 to know that I had never known before, and they were just cool. It was a cool locker room, and it was, it was cool, again, like I said, to reconnect with Raven, Mike Gucci, and all those guys. And uh, it was cool to work with Billy one more time and 
we may we may have one more run in us. Right now we're we're friends. So uh, depending <laughs> on what what happens on Twitter, but <laughs> it was it was it went further than I ever thought. But it's a shame what happened up there, and I feel bad for the for the locker room. And you know, somebody tweeted me the other day, and they said, "Why would you feel bad for the locker room?" Um, you know, it's a bunch of marks, and I don't believe that. You know, I believe I'm, I was part of a locker room that didn't get paid for six months or whatever <laughs> it was, and uh, I did it because I had passion. I also maybe had some blind faith, but if you're not part of it, you can't judge it. And when people say, well, you know, it's a bunch of marks, why would you feel bad for them? Again, you're not part of it. You can't judge it. Right. So that's how I feel. Now, you mentioned Twitter. You mentioned Darcy Dixon. So I want to I talk about, for the past week and a half, two weeks, whatever it was since we booked this interview, you've been on Twitter. You've been saying, send me your questions. I'm not going to hold anything back. Tell, ask me anything. Send your tweets to Board Wrestling Fan. And we, <laughs> yeah. Uh, as many times as you did that, and we retweeted it every time, and we put it out there too that you, they can ask you anything. We got one question. <laughs> yeah, from Darcy Dixon. From Darcy Dixon, <laughs> telling me to ask you how much he, you love her. <laughs> I think she's fantastic. Well, I mean, here's here's the first part. I'm a realist. I know you're not getting any questions about me. <laughs> like I know that. <laughs> I could have told you that before the interview. I'm sure. I still put them out there because occasionally some people want to know some story about Billy or they want to know something about the ECW, uh, the locker room. And, you know, I was part of the, um, the barbed wire city documentary where there was a lot of questions for that. It just depends, you know, but I'm also a realist. I'm not, I was never a top guy. I was never <laughs> a guy that was that popular. I know I'm not going to get a lot of questions. I'm happy she asked her that question. I think she's phenomenal. And God's honest street when, Billy called me to come there and work. He goes, I'm going to have you work with a girl named Darcy Dixon. And I was like, okay, who's that? And he told me about her. And I was like, all right, well, cool. Sounds cool. And she ends up being like one of my, one, her and Nikki um, St. John, two of my, my good friends outside of the business because of that, uh, that run there. I think Darcy's, uh, Darcy has yet to really uh, get the, get the proper notice. She will eventually, because she really has learned to work. She's learned to talk. She looks fantastic. Um, she has everything that you need. So if she's listening or whatever, I, I do love her a lot on a shoot. So <laughs> I, I can tell you that people did see your tweets, though, because Misha Tate is one of the people that favorited one of the tweets. Like, holy yeah. crap, this this chick from UFC uh, is, like, <laughs> retweeting a tweet about her. us. I, I'm sorry, I totally cut you off. I didn't hear anything. No, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> no, what were you saying? You were saying Misha, Misha favored my tape. She favored one favorited of the, yeah. my, my tweets. <laughs> she favored one of your tweets, and C.W. Anderson yeah. retweeted one of them. <laughs> we still couldn't yeah, get well, people I'm to ask questions. I'm happy for C.W. <laughs> I'm happy he retweeted. I love C.W. And I know he's uh, he just got engaged, and he's a he's a great guy, man. I couldn't be happier for him. Um, Misha and I know each other from uh, obviously from UFC, but also because of uh, she's a big Cirque du Soleil fan. So. Um, so people come to our shows. Sometimes you get to know them. Sometimes you know whatever. And she's just somebody I kind of got to know along the way since I've been in Las Vegas for four and a half years. So uh, I was happy she favored your tweet for you guys. It was cool. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. <laughs> I, I, I have to call her. I have to. I have to text her or something. Um, you know, she's not like we're not like super close friends by any means, and I don't want to get that perception out. We're right. Just, we're acquaintances. We know each other. Um, I need to text her and ask her why the Hendricks Lawler decision went the way it did last night because I didn't agree with it. But I'll do that after this after this interview. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. <laughs> so you you actually uh, you worked in the Indies for a little bit after ECW went out of business, and then you went on. You were uh, you did a lot of marketing stuff. Uh, you worked for WWE. Yep. Uh, and. Um, 
which uh, and, and of course now you're you're also working for Cirque du Soleil, which you which you mentioned I had mentioned earlier. Uh, yeah. how, how does one go from professional wrestling to Cirque du Soleil? They get recruited um, from <laughs> from a job recruiter, and uh, okay. that's exactly what happened. Um, I had a, I was at WWE for four years. I was there. I was originally recruited from my last job before WWE um, to work for WWE to be part of the ECW uh, reincarnation. And that lasted, I don't remember, six months, four months, whatever. It was a disaster. Um, but WWE kept me on in the, in the brand marketing and the fan access side. So I did that for the better part of three and a half years. So a four-year total run. Um, Cirque du Soleil reached out through a headhunter. Um, they were looking for someone to, to come market the Vegas shows a little differently than they had been marketing them currently. And um, that is uh, exactly what I do now. Um, I don't use a WWE model here by any means, except for one piece, which is content. Um, I just believe that content's king right now. And you have to be doing these kind, kinds of interviews and videos and everything you want to market yourselves and to get that story out there. And I'll touch on that a little bit more in a second. But that's how that, that transition went. And a lot of people ask me about the time in, in WWE and ECW, kind of how I felt about it. Um, because I was an ECW original and now I was back there. I was not, obviously not on the camera side, even though I did do a cameo with Matt Hardy at, at, uh, at Madison Square Garden, which was pretty amazing right. um, to even say I was part of that. But um, ECW didn't serve any – the new ECW did not serve any purpose except for one, maybe two. The biggest one is that, in my opinion, it gave CM Punk a, a platform um, that he really got to own and we've seen what, what happened with him and I couldn't be more happier uh, for him and prouder of the guy um, I've known him a long time and uh, ECW did that the ECW WWE version did that and had there been ECW still be going he'd be one of those guys that would have been perfect in, in that locker room but I believe I mean again another example of a guy who took the ball and went as far as he could with it without ECW WWE I'm sure he still would have gotten noticed. I'm sure of it. However, I think him working with Paul the way he did, and um, in in that phase, not in the most recent phase that everyone remembers, probably more obviously from you know being on TV together and stuff like that. But what behind the scenes, um, what he got to do there, I think really helped him. And you know, I, I'm happy for him. But that's to me what when I walk away and look at ECW WWE, that's all I think about. That was CM Punk's run that got him, you know, noticed. And maybe I'm wrong. He may not agree. I've never asked him, but that's just how I see it. And uh, what happened with ECW up there was a shame. You know, I, the original Vision 4 was uh, basically a Shane McMahon-run uh, company. It was an offshoot of WWE that would operate under the WWE banner that Shane would do out of Philadelphia. There were so many visions for it. Um, you know, one was running weekly shows at the arena. It was basically going to be like a developmental, what they're what like what they're doing now in Florida. And I wish that had happened, and uh, it didn't, unfortunately. And uh, everyone still remembers the original ECW, so that's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> you think like any part of of uh, what ECW from WWE became was kind of like, okay, well, if this isn't going to work, we're we're going to get them to stop chanting ECW by putting out our own shitty version, <laughs> or. or... Yeah, no, that was the truth. That was, that was actually something I had heard right when I first started. He said the goal of this, and I have to take, let me take a step back for a minute. Vince McMahon and everyone up there were nothing but gracious to me. John Laurinaitis, who I know is still there, but not in the role he had. Those guys, uh, Stephanie, um, the interactions I had with them, which was, was frequent, 
where they were nothing but good to me. So I'm not knocking the company. And I have to say, like, I just want to preface that because the next statement may sound different than what I just said. <laughs> All right. They, I believe there was a piece of bringing ECW back to make money, obviously, because the video sales warranted it. I'm sorry, the DVD sales, the pay-per-view. But I also believe it's like they did kind of want to squash the ECW chance. And somebody one night told me, they're like, well, the whole reason Vince is doing this is because he just wants to squash the ECW chance or he wants the people to chant ECW because it's the ECW that he has, not the ECW that Paul has. Now, look, there's a lot of bullshit in wrestling. We all know that. It's like 90% yeah. of it's bullshit. That's probably a bullshit story. Vince is a businessman, but the reason, just because you said that, I had to acknowledge the story. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I had to put it out there. Uh, we understand you're a, you're a huge hockey fan too, and uh, and we have another sister site here we call BoardHockeyFan.com, and uh, oh boy, my co-host G is uh, up in Calgary. He's an Oilers fan for some oh, reason, yeah. even though he lives in Calgary. <laughs> I'm in Buffalo. Oh. I'm a Sabres fan. <laughs> so wait a second, you guys. So you're you're an Edmonton fan and a Buffalo fan. Yeah. All right. So I don't have to say anything. Um, <laughs> okay. Other than other than this, other than this. I think uh, my, my one of my best friends is the, v, the vice president of marketing in Buffalo uh, for the Sabres, and I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say the same thing about the Oilers. They both right now are the same way that my favorite team, which is the Penguins, were 10 years ago, and it's only going to be about three to five years before you guys are laughing at everybody else. Because I, I think the Oilers have one of the best stocks of young talent that I've ever seen. They just need to push pull it all together. And I believe a guy like Sam Reinhardt in Buffalo, I believe the same thing about them. So, right now it's not working out. It's probably not going to work out for a couple of years, but it's going to work out in like five years. Just thought it was say, uh, funny that Connor McDavid broke his hand, and and that's why all these teams are tanking. They want to get Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid broke his hand, and the Sabers went on and won like six of their next seven games or something. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> could be hey, coincidence. Look, hey, who knows? <laughs> Connor McDavid sweepstakes, Jack Eichel. I mean, they're they're both. Uh, I watched Connor McDavid play before. It's unbelievable, but. Look, we all know that there's a lot of draft picks to Alexander Dague. You know, he was the next coming of uh, Wayne Gretzky. And not to knock the poor guy, I never, I don't know where he is right now. I think he was in Hollywood like ten years ago. But you never really know what's going to happen to these guys. And you know, Sam Reinhart was drafted high and he got sent down. I think for the right reasons, though. I think he would have been a horrible blow to his ego to stay in Buffalo at this point. But um, yeah, man, those teams are going to work themselves out for sure. All right, G, did you have any questions? Uh, I do actually. It's kind of a hockey-related one in relation to your job, just because there's been a lot of rumors swirling about Las Vegas getting a hockey team. Um, yeah. From a from, as a as a person with a marketing background, do you do you think it will be easy uh, for the NHL to to get, I guess, a, a loyal fan following, considering the nature of the demographic of the city and then how most people work in the evening? Um, well, here's the thing. It's not everybody works in the evening. It's kind of like a 24-hour swing around here. But it's mm -hmm. also um, – so there's two examples. That's one. The second is we had an ECHL team called the Las Vegas Wranglers that uh, recently uh, lost the lease on their building last year, so they could not return this year. They had a decent fan base, you know, three to 4,000 a game, which is – for hockey in Las Vegas, that's pretty good. Um, I think the NHL can sustain itself if they get a marquee player. Um, that people will come and see because that's that's the trick. I mean, we get um, 35 million people, 39 million people visited Las Vegas last year, something like that. It's insane. 
You know, if you can get 3% of that audience or 4% of that audience, 5% to come watch a hockey game along with the 4,000th base of uh, season ticket holders, I think you'll be in good shape. I think it depends on who, uh, who they have on the team, if they relocate a team. But what it does set up is an awesome set of rivalries. I mean, you have the Anaheim-LA thing, really more the LA thing than anything. I mean, give that 10 years, and that, that, that's going to be your next Montreal-Boston. And that's a heavy comparison, but if it works out, I think it could be sustained for sure. But there's one other thing that's really big in Vegas, too. It's a band called Fever Red that you guys need to know about, and so does everybody on this podcast. So I have to throw that plug in there. Looking for a pen to write it down, right? <laughs> no, I, I, Fever Red, just Fever Red Band, at Fever Red Band. Just trust me on this one. Trust me on this one. And I'll answer all your hockey questions all day long, but I just I had to tell you why I was thinking about things that are cool in Vegas outside of uh, gaming and uh, and Cirque du Soleil. Um, hockey has, uh, has, has hope, and, and this band has a lot of hope, too. So those, those are two really cool things. And there's a cool wrestling scene here too. I know there's a guy. I think his name is Joe, Joe DeFalco. I have not personally met the, met him, but I've seen uh, heard about his show. So I think Vegas could have a cool wrestling thing too. Outside of what Joe's doing, I think what Joe's doing and what I've heard from Matt Hardy is fantastic, which is great. Um, so Vegas could be one of those markets where wrestling really realistically could run three times a week at a casino because of the way the transient market works. We have ninety percent tourists that come in here and you know, on any given day. And um, you could do wrestling, but it'd be an interesting model to look at. I hope someone does. I like when our guests come in and we get off track of wrestling and the guest tries to bring it back to us. <laughs> it's always always fun. Hey, man, I'll, I'll talk about whatever you want. I mean, <laughs> oh, no, uh, no, it's cool, man. Uh, yeah, yeah I, just, I was just thinking out loud. I was no, like, it's you cool. have hockey, you have some cool music scene, and then you have a band, and then you have a, you know, the whole wrestling thing for tourists. So if if the NHL did bring a team to Las Vegas, and they come calling you, <laughs> hey, we need a marketing director for this team, and the offer's no, I'm right. <laughs> I'm good where I'm at right now. Okay. I love Cirque. Um, All right. Cirque has, has afforded me many luxuries in terms of being creative. Um, I'm not talking, you know, about when I say luxuries, I'm not talking about like, oh, this house, this, this, this. I'm talking about the fact that I, I felt stifled creatively before, and I don't feel stifled creatively anymore, and. Um, that in and of itself and quality of life are all I really care about anymore you know it's uh I have two amazing kids an amazing wife uh you know as long as they're happy and I'm happy you know really you can work anywhere but Cirque has has really really you know given me a lot and uh I would not jump ship for the NHL and I know people are probably like what sometimes it's easier you don't always want to work where your passions are because it can destroy your passion. Trust me, wrestling business, I, I checked out of for a good four, five, six years. I, I didn't even look at it. Um, and I wasn't. it wasn't because I was bitter. I was just kind of over it. And I don't want to go work for the NHL for four or five years and then be over it and not watch it for six or seven years. You know what I mean? So that, that's kind of how I look at things like that. Yeah, that's, um, that's kind of like where uh, CM Punk is right now with wrestling. Where he's well, kinda... I mean, look, his, uh, his UFC deal is going to be the – you know that's where his head's at and i think that's yeah. uh you know amazing and i think uh no it is it's true it's like you you it's it, he told a story on the on the cole cabana podcast that i'm also familiar with about you know, uh, the doors and the um it was the ed sullivan show right and they talks about how uh 
you know, they they did something on air when they were singing Light My Fire and Can't Take Me Higher and you're not supposed to say that and they said well, they said it anyway and they'll oh, never play it again. Well, you've already done it. We already did play it. I've already done the wrestling business the way I more than I ever expected. Trust me. I thought, again, I thought it was like three, three or four shows, three months, you know, but then I ended up going up to the house of hardcore to learn how to take bumps. I started learning how to be a manager. I started working with Perry and Tab, Perry Saturn and Taz so they could teach me. Then I became a sponge and it's just how you go with it. But I've done that. And that's amazing. Um, but you can't re you can't, you know, bring that stuff back if you're not feeling it. And I, yeah, I think he's kind of in that place. I think he was pretty clear on his podcast. I don't need to speak for him. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We're, we're going to be talking about that, I'm sure, when we come back from our break in a little bit. It's probably the first topic yeah. Uh, yeah, because, yeah. Uh, obviously, I, I think everybody's listening to that podcast by this point, or for the most part. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, it really was. Uh, I, I've told people that I have nothing to do or any interest in wrestling, that that's a, just a good podcast to listen to. Uh, first of all, Cole Cabana should be a bigger star in professional wrestling. He also falls into my category. Um just on his interview skills and his persona and his uh, his uh, presence, and uh, I thought that I thought what they did was a really just really good. It was really good on a lot of levels. And um, the last person I have to mention because we've now come full circle to the, how we started the interview was Sabu should have more recognition in the wrestling business. Absolutely. Again, I know, I know he was in WWF. I know he was in. Uh, uh, WCW he innovated the business he changed the business and I feel bad when I hear the stories about that uh, his injuries and stuff like that he was always so good to me and uh, I hope people you know help him as much as he's helped others absolutely anybody have any other questions while we're while we're here with Lou well, to to end on a bit of a less of a downer, um, what are some of the favorite signs hey, you've ever held down, up? Or what honest, are some I, of the I, best like, ideas you ever come I, up with? I start talking when you start talking. What did you say? I'm sorry. <laughs> um, just to not end on as much of a downer, what are some of your favorite signs that you've either seen or made yourself? Um, I think Stolen Gimmick Victim was uh, hilarious. He was a direct <laughs> shot at Lodi. I cut a, a hole in the sign once and put an arrow on it and said me. Put my face in it. Um, um, the best story I can give you, though, is when I was in Middletown, New York, which was the same night that Joel Gertner came and met with Paulie to try to get a job. I had just gotten a job. I think it was my second or third show, and Steve Austin was there. And Steve and Raven had driven up together <coughs> from Philadelphia. <coughs> and Steve said, uh, Hey, buddy, come here. I've got an idea for a sign for you. He goes, I just want you to write Dudley 316. So I wrote Dudley 316, and then, you know, you could tell the story from there. Austin 316, et cetera, et cetera. I always thought that was a pretty hilarious story. Um, <laughs> not, not, I mean, not hilarious, just kind of I ironic, because then when I would hold Dudley 316 off, they'd be like, you ripped off Steve Austin. I'm like, no, he gave me the fucking idea. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, give me a break. But I always thought that was cool. And I was lucky in ECW, man. I'm not gonna. I don't want to end on it. This interview wasn't about downers or anything like that. It's. Uh, I believe there's people in the wrestling business that deserve more than they got. That's in any any business, really. Yep. There's just some that I think I hit, hit a little closer to home. Um, I had, you know, when we're talking about Jimmy Del Rey, I mean, I've gotten to meet these guys and work with them. Rick Rude, I got to drive with eight or nine times and to hear his stories, like were blowing my mind. You know what I mean? I, and Still being friendly 
and considering like a guy like Tommy Dreamer, one of my best friends, and still talking to Paul, I mean, look, those are all really good things. And yes, people pass away and things like that happen, but you got to live in the present. You know, life's a series of fleeting moments. I'm not going to get really heavy on you guys, but you got to enjoy why it happens, man. You got to enjoy why it happens, and I definitely did. So I have no ill will. I have no regrets. There's nobody that I really bury. Um, you know, on these podcasts, because I really don't care. I mean, there's, uh, you know, there's people have done wrong things, and they can live with that, and I'm happy. So fuck it. <laughs> there's my that's a pretty day. good attitude to have. <laughs> that's a, that's a great attitude to have. Absolutely, Lou. Thank you very much there for calling are. in and, and for and for plugging us all week, man. It's just uh, we a lot of our guests are just like, oh yeah, I'll do your podcast, and then you don't hear from them until the day of the podcast. Like, what number do I call? <laughs> yeah, no, look. I, when, uh, whenever people, I, I very rarely decline the interview because I mean sometimes I do because I think people. It's funny because Punk said this, and um, this has nothing to do with Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho and I are really good buddies. We still, I just saw him a couple months ago play here. But sometimes I get a request for an interview that's it's definitely pointed at something that I don't want to go talk about for an hour and a half. You know what I mean? Right. Or forty five minutes. And, and I, I'm I was familiar enough with you guys, knew that Joel did it. That I was like cool. I believe, man, if somebody, you know, in this day and age, if you're from ECW and you're one of the original guys and someone wants to talk to you, you should go talk to them. Um, unless it's going to be about, you know, some some of the bad stuff in professional wrestling that yeah, I would talk about. I wouldn't enjoy it, but I think you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, I was happy to plug away. I'll come back on in a year. Maybe we'll see where I'm at then. All right. <laughs> Sounds good, man. We'll, we'll keep in touch. <laughs> yeah, right on, guys. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate it. You got it, guys. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Take care. Bye. Later. Uh, Louis Dangerously, Sign Guy Dudley. You know him, uh, Lou D'Angeli. Great. <laughs> In fact, Fever Red just followed me on Twitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or followed us, followed board wrestling fans. So I'm going to go give them a follow. <laughs> oh, former Mistalica founders. Okay. Straight. Yeah, there we go. All right. Hi, Olian and Gina. I checked out your uh, your Facebook during uh, the, uh, the I, interview there. It looks pretty I'm, cool. I'm just now getting around to clicking around, and I see that. I got that. And just, uh, in fact, they <laughs> they just uh, tweeted us, badass interview, love Lou D'Angeli. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also tweeted us a link to uh, one of their videos. I'm, I'm sure that's uh, got to be what that is there. Let's see, View Media. Uh, yeah, it's one of their videos. Um we do have a break song booked already, but uh, what do you say we do two break songs? How's that sound? Take a take a longer break. All right. Unwind from the interview. Go get a drink. Uh, let's let's start with JT's break song because I I don't want to skip over this. This is a good break song to have. Oh, it's it's a Debbie it's Debbie Downer Downer time. It is <laughs> since you know, you know you know and 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 I usually let you introduce your break songs, but I'm I want to tell a, a quick story about. Uh, 10 years ago uh, on Tuesday uh, 10 years ago Tuesday I woke up and I was on the damage plan street team at the time and so I always got emails and stuff with news and updates and, and all that stuff I got up and I got on face, uh, I got on my email and it says the rumors are true I'm like what rumors click and yes Dime was killed shot and killed last night in Columbus Ohio no way. Like, he was just in Buffalo, like, two nights ago. You know, I, I didn't even go to the show. I wish I had. But I just... So I was one of the first people that actually, like, knew 
what happened to Dimebag Daryl, and and that was that was ten years ago tomorrow, that that happened. And, and I think everybody knows the story, so we don't really need to get into the story. But that you know that was how I found out was the first thing the next morning. I had an email from Damage Plan, like yeah, Dime was shot and killed. The the guy that shot him was shot and killed, and we lost you know. Uh, I know JT's probably more familiar with the names than I am, but a ro- what was it, Roadie and a stagehand or something? <laughs> you know, and oh, one no, of the fans. I just know it was Dime, and uh, he was yeah. gonna go for Vinnie Paul, and they that they they got him out just in time before, yeah. you know. But uh, we've already got that set up. Our our first break song, and we're gonna follow that up with uh, with the with a track from uh, from Fever Red uh, at the recommendation of uh, Lou D and Jelly. Uh, and and their song Monster is going to be the second song, but uh, let's get it started with some Pantera and, and walk. <laughs> We'll be right back. 
But what are we doing right now? Today, Fever Red is in a oh truck. Oh god. <laughs> uh, moving in together into our own studio house. And we have ordered a white Bengal tiger <laughs> for it. Um, and uh, you can expect great things from this decision. Take it, that was just a little clip of Fever Red. <laughs> but uh, that's what they sent over to us. In, in, in this unofficial music video for the song Monster, uh, kind of reminds me of like old Metallica videos like from the Black Album era, like like uh, Nothing Else Matters, Wherever I May Roam, you know, the tour clips and all that stuff. Kind of looks like that. JT knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, they sound pretty cool, man. I'm going to have to check them out a little bit more after the show. And if, if you want to, again, at Fever Red Band on Twitter uh, to follow them. And they've been tweeting with us throughout the song breaks. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, now we're going to get into our usual stuff here. Our, our Well, uh, do we have chic tweets? We do. We have chic tweets. We can, we can skip them for a while. There's only like five. We don't have to skip anything. Yeah, I, no, we're good, man. We're good on time. Okay, we, well, like we, I said, what, what chic we haven't even talked about other things that happen in the week. Is there anything in wrestling going on tonight? Perhaps a pay-per-view? Just maybe something? I don't think so. Oh, yeah. Reagan Vonner has a pay-per-view oh, tonight. Yes, that's right. An actual legitimate pay-per-view, not one of these streaming iPay-per-view thingies. Uh, that's right. And our our, uh, our dear friend Moose, I think, uh, was tweeting about how happy he was that he is supposed to be on it. I don't see him in this list, though. Uh, yeah, that's not the updated list from the morning. Okay. He is indeed booked for the okay. show. I was gonna say, I, I did see Moose uh, put out mm-hmm. a Facebook post. Uh, former former guest on our show, yes, who uh, was in the training phase. He had uh, just, I, I think, he had just started working. He had just started working Ring of Honor like the night that's before right. he was on the show. That's right. And oddly enough, we were uh, we were talking about uh, CM Punk leaving at the time. That was about I don't know a week or two after he had yeah. left. So about a year ago, and he's come a long way. He's on an actual pay per view now. From you know a year out, that's pretty yep. significant. And I, you know, I think that's awesome. So congratulations, Moose. He he told us he was gonna get on, uh, you know, 
on it and be training hard and, and working as hard as you could. And I mean, here he is, less than a year away. That's awesome. Well, did you want to get into the Ring of Honor pay-per-view? I'm sure you probably have a more updated list than I do here. Well, I can easily get that from our friends, Angry Marks, who have it online, of course, at the news section where we get most of our stuff. As I load that up, because I was also on a bunch of other pages checking out the uh, Fever Red stuff. The big, the well. big announcement, the big announcement for Ring of Honor tonight is they'll debut the Fourth Light. Ooh, Fourth <laughs> Light, Fourth Light, folks. One on each turnbuckle. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, we got Roderick Strong versus Adam Page on the show tonight. Um, I think they're they're also facing the Fourth Light as well. <laughs> Oh, this this is a really pretty strong looking card. Uh, Michael Elgin has obviously, you know, managed to mend whatever fences if they were legit or not. To this day, we still don't know. He's facing off uh, against Tommaso Ciampa, which uh, should be pretty good. And Moose is facing Artie Evans. And then we get into our tag team and our title matches. Which also, this whole card looks fucking awesome. By the way, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to try to catch this if I can. Although I'm in a weird situation trying to move a piano, so oh, odd, odd morning today for me. The Young Bucks uh, and ACH are going up against the Addiction and Cedric Alexander. That should probably that could actually steal the show. Do you, do you got, do you, did you guys catch the last Ring of Honor uh, pay per view? Um, the last one I saw was the one Bad Influence were on. Okay, so you did then. Okay then. <laughs> A- ACH, I thought, stole the show that time. You have him and the Young Bucks in the same match. Oh God, that's gonna be it's gonna be insane. Uh, then we have a four corners elimination match with Jimmy Jacobs versus Hanson versus Mark Briscoe. That's uh, JT's favorite, by the way, and versus Caprice Coleman. Title match: Jay Lethal versus Matt Sedell. Then we get a uh, tag team title match, Red Dragon, and uh, the Time Splitters scoring off. And finally, the world title match, Jay Briscoe and Adam Cole. This, fuck the WWE. Let's just stop watching that shit. Yeah, crap, man. Yeah, these are all people I've been told I need to check out, so I will definitely try and check out this show. Adam Cole I saw at an indie show a few months ago, and he was very, very impressive. I'm not a huge fan of the Briscoes at all. So <laughs> but we were told we were supposed to love the Briscoes. Yeah, we were told that, but how often are we told things that were, you know, that we actually believe? You know? I I'm not a big fan of the Briscoes. I really am not. I liked Adam Cole when I saw him. I did. I, I a lot of these guys I'm not very I'm not overly familiar with because of the fact that I just have a hard time watching ROH. But uh, some of these guys I have seen at indie shows. Michael, uh, Michael Elgin's one of them. Of course, I'm familiar with Jay Lethal and Matt Seidel, and that match is going to be just awesome, I'm sure, if you can see it. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, let's stop making the light jokes, because it's 2014, dude. All right. all right. In all fairness, their their lighting has improved dramatically over the last year, so I yeah, think, we reti- I think it's time that we officially retire the light joke. I will try to tune in on Sunday well tonight I guess and see and see their show see if I can I mean I won't see the pay-per-view because I'll be on the way to work but try to watch the weekly program tonight I'll make that decision for myself if I could stop with the light jokes <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's kind of like boring and old, old hat 
<laughs> Let's bring back the stuffed up JT sinus jokes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no retort for that one. See, that, that's the way I react when I hear that white joke. Just like groan. <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> oh, of course. Uh, I mean, uh, but definitely, you know, I, I don't want to discourage anybody from tuning into Ring of Honor just because I'm making stupid jokes from like a year ago the last time I watched the program. You know, I think it's an excellent card. I think it's going to be an excellent pay per view, and I think everybody should uh, should pay their money and, and see it. How's that? Is that better? There you go. That's the <laughs> spirit. I I don't mean that with any sarcasm whatsoever either. I actually mean that. I think it's I think it looks like an excellent card. No, we've already talked about it a little bit. Um, I was watching the uh, the UFC pay per view last night. It's pretty pretty awesome. Um, I too like our guest. I would was going to ask him about it, but it was one of these negative things that it's like the fucking finish was kind of stupid, but that's what happens we get judging. But that CM Punk thing, wow. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Let, let's let JT get his bid in. <laughs> I bid $20. <laughs> there you oh, go. Wait, you said bid? Yeah, you're, you you're, you're bits, bid. not your bid. <laughs> it sounded like bid. Oh, shit. Do I, 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 okay. <clears throat> Sorry. Well, you got me off prepared. Should, shouldn't be watching porn while doing this. <laughs> <laughs> um, fuck the hokey pokey. Fuck the extra pulp orange juice. <laughs> Peter Pan, I going to break your fucking neck, you fucking cocksucker lowlife raisin balls jabroni. Tinkerbell, you are big time whore. Peter Pan, more man than the raisin dick Justin Bieber. Jay Cutler, I go to cut you in the balls, you fucking piece of cold cut dead dog. Me versus your whole family, I beat the fuck out of everyone. <laughs> Johnny Football, go fuck yourself, Jabroni. You're not ready to be Iron Sheet class. And that's it, folks. Good night, go okay. fuck yourself. So I guess he was watching this live Peter Pan deal then. And, and, and the funny, him saying that, that uh, Peter Pan more man than Justin Bieber is because Peter Pan was played by a woman. As is tradition, as a matter of fact. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, as is Justin Bieber. Then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, sure. Fair enough. <laughs> well, that hasn't been proved. That hasn't been disproven yet, Mark. <laughs> For all the Sheiky fans, he also did an AMA on Reddit, and it was amazing. Oh, what did his publicist say? <laughs> oh, just a bunch of hilarious stuff. And there were some ignored questions because there were a bunch of idiots there as well. But still, there was it was pretty good. I just can't remember anything off the top of my head. All right, so let, let's get into into our news. Cheapheat.com, daily wrestling, what is it? dailywrestlingnews.com, angrymarks.com, our great sources for wrestling news, yeah. And, uh, of course, our, our buddies up at uh, Booker T's and Alice at RWR for, again, thank you for getting us Joel Gertner two weeks ago. <laughs> anyway, uh, yes, yeah, CM Punk. We were just uh, touching on that briefly. He signed a deal with UFC. Has vowed to make his octagon debut in 2015. Uh, and uh, I'd I'd say it's also I'd also say it's fair to say that this has been over a year in the making. So this is uh, he gave a statement to UFC, uh, which they sent out as a press release. I have a background in Kempo, and I've been doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for a long time. This is my new career, 100%. I'm going to go full steam ahead. All systems go after today, and it's going to be fun. I have nothing but respect for anybody here at the UFC, everybody who steps into the octagon to fight. 
And when it's all said and done, when I'm finished, everybody's going to have respect for me because I came here to fight. Dana White says he wanted to be here. He wanted to give it a shot, so we gave him an opportunity. It's not like Brock Lesnar. We're not going to throw him the, uh, throw the kitchen sink at him. Lesnar had a wrestling background. CM Punk is going to fight a guy who's 1-0, 1-1, 2-1, something like that. Yeah, they said they were going to try and put him up against another newbie at 0-0 zero, zero each. <clears throat> right. Uh, Punk had to say to Ariel Hel- Helwani last night, um, at the ripe old age of 36, I'm trying to be less of a hothead and see where people are coming from. And I understand, if that's your opinion, that's awesome. It's my job to change your mind, although that's not going to be one of my hang-ups. I'm not going to deal with negativity. Plus, I think it's part of the game. There needs to be fighters that call me out and say those things. I just hope it's obvi- I just hope it's somebody... Yeah, excuse me. I just hope somebody is more creative because the fake wrestler thing is a little too obvious. <laughs> I was a little surprised uh, it, it was a fighting deal. I, I, when I saw the announcement that he was supposed to be meeting with them after the show... It was, you know, okay, they're going to have a talk about something. But no, he shows up on the fucking pay-per-view live during the show. Yeah. And made the announcement. And, uh, you know, I was chatting with people watching the UFC at the time. And I was like, holy shit, he is at this, you know, this is actually a legit thing. Because I, w- I was thinking on the lines that he wouldn't be getting involved physically, but perhaps going the route of announcing or, or a speaking role. Uh, especially considering there is a bit of a hole left uh, with Chael Sonnen losing his gig over at Fox, who basically covered the UFC extensively and ex- almost exclusively now. Uh, he had his falling out with uh, with them over a failed drug test. But I figured, well, you know, maybe they'll go uh, with the safe bet and get the uh, the drug-free guy that, you know, that was what I was thinking. I honestly thought that was what was going to be uh, happening, or at least the offer was going to be made. But uh, here we are. You know, what do you know? <laughs> I guess he's training with the Gracie boys for the last couple of years, though. So he obviously does have some kind of background. Certainly. Just, he's, you know. And I know there's a lot of... It's it's funny, because there's a lot of people that still are hating on CM Punk during the podcast followed over the last two weeks and reading, <laughs> you know, the, the fanboys and the anti-fanboys and most of the people that are kind of in the gray area that have a clue that everything you read isn't necessarily true and everything you hear has t- you know two or three sides to the story but well last week we were we were talking about CM Punk a little bit we were uh, yeah sure a little bit right but <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah. we were talking about CM Punk and and you know making the obvious you know he broke the internet joke at, at the expense of Kim Kardashian but he did it twice because Monday morning his store went live on prowrestlingtees.com he broke the prowrestlingtees.com server he also took down the uh, the podcast host again and went down a second time this week as well. Did it? Yeah, okay. put it on SoundCloud. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, 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 I had to get it uh, off of another site that transferred the SoundCloud file because I couldn't get it to download off fucking SoundCloud. Yeah, you, I couldn't download off SoundCloud, so I had to go another way too. Yeah, I, I also went another way, but that was uh, that was at the time I just didn't want to stream the interview. I didn't want to use the bandwidth. I wanted to actually have it on my phone, and I couldn't figure out how to download it from SoundCloud. So I just it's I a got, rule on SoundCloud that with certain plans you can only download some things a certain amount of times. Okay, so I just I just went on and I uh, I got it from a different source as well. I uh, <laughs> listened to it on the way home from work. Um, and Punk was actually mentioned, uh, and, and I did catch this, Michael Cole mentioned Punk on SmackDown. I watched SmackDown earlier, and I don't remember that, but I wasn't really paying attention. It was in between segments, 
and he was promoting the Vince McMahon uh, Steve Austin podcast, which we're just about to talk about in a second here. Uh, and he's, he was talking about basically what Vince was talking about in the interview uh, that he did on the uh, Stone Cold podcast on the WWE Network. Yeah, you guys um, are all talking about how 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 what links you took to get the Colt podcast part two. I just did the smart thing, waited till it finally went up on iTunes and downloaded it. <laughs> yeah. It's not not yeah, always I the best way to go. A one shot day, and there's no uh, Merrick for Swishinski podcast coming out, and I need something to listen to. So uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's really boring listening to the radio, and I actually don't really have much music left on my. Uh, my iPod is full of fucking podcasts. Go figure. There's a there's a uh, there's a there's a concert. Uh, a, a, an artist that I'm a fan of is coming to town, and I didn't know. And I guess the tickets must have just went on sale a couple of days ago. He's actually got six shows coming up here, and I didn't know. And people are like, "How could you not know? You must be the only person that didn't know." I'm like, "It's because I don't fucking listen to the radio." <laughs> like. I probably would have known had I listened to the radio, but even if I was listening to the radio, this particular artist wouldn't be on stations I'm listening to, so... Yeah, ah, fuck I've it, it's Garth Brooks. i album just because I don't listen to the radio or anything. <laughs> ah, fuck it, it's Garth Brooks. He's coming, he's doing six shows <laughs> at the First Niagara Center. I'm hoping to be able to go. But <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Uh, but we did get... Uh, we, we do have a recap of the Austin McMahon podcast from our dear friend Topher, who's been on the show a couple of times. Um, uh, Vince hopes to have the network situation fixed in the UK by January, but he he said that it. I, I do recall he said that it's not guaranteed, it's not definite, it's been a start and stop thing. So I don't want to say yes, we're going to have it, and then people get upset. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's uh, a lot of bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sure they have, he makes it clear this is not pro wrestling; it's sports entertainment, much to Austin's chagrin. Bullshit. <laughs> Austin calls Vince out on the opening segments of Raw being too long or taking too long to get to the point. Austin mentions TNA. Vince takes a noticeable breath, which happened twice. <laughs> the man has to breathe, though. Yeah. Uh, How did you contact him? Huh? Oh, he's still taking that breath. Yeah. <laughs> I, I listened to it twice. I'm fairly sure he said fuck when Austin <laughs> asked how you can't, when Austin said at WWE on Twitter. Just Vince says something inaudible, and I'm so sure it was all fuck. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. Um... Vince says the current roster isn't nearly ambitious as ambitious as it has been in the past. Well, when you cut when when you don't let them do anything. Yeah, exactly. When, uh, when, when, you're not, millennials. When, when when you when you don't when you don't um make Rollins look good, you know, they can only go so far. Roman you Reigns. just have to just look at Zack Ryder who got himself over and is now dead. Yeah. Yeah. And and even booking idea that oh win this week lose next week here's the title now you lose all the time all the time <laughs> well, well us losing title on that the, subject here's, go ahead here's the title here's the title oh rating wasn't good we're gonna take it off you next week and on that yeah. subject vince says cesaro quote doesn't have the charisma or mic skills then says well a great physical talent he just doesn't have it by it, he means my penis in his mouth. I guess. I mean, what the fuck? We're all Cesaro fans, right? I, I don't that think... That was I... funny as well, because Austin mentioned Cesaro by name, saying, I love this guy when you put him with Heyman, and then you just kind of fucked up. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's unfair to say that we're Cesaro fans here. 
I, I don't think that that that's much of a stretch for me to say, right? I mean, I mean, we like yeah, the guy. We we like we like his personality. The dude speaks five fucking languages. What 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 do you mean he doesn't have mic skills? You know, we 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 certainly don't hate guys that uh, are really good at what they do, and we want to see on television every week doing that. Exactly. No, we we want to see Randy Orton. He doesn't, again. but Cesaro doesn't have it. Mm-hmm. Which probably is, as G said, Vince's dick in his mouth. Exactly. I mean, what more could it mean? What What <laughs> yeah. more do you want out of a guy like Cesaro, who is a hell of a who hell of a fucking worker? No, it's because he's bald. Yeah, he's a hell of a fucking worker. He gets in the ring. He works his ass off. He gets over, despite the fact that they don't want him to, which is which is the problem. But the guys today can't get themselves over. Right? I mean, I mean that was that was the other point. <laughs> like, yeah, because all their promos are perfectly scripted word by word. This Jack. guy body slammed the fucking Big Show out of the ring at WrestleMania. Body slammed the Big Show over the top rope at WrestleMania. Oh, he just doesn't have it. Fuck you, Vince. <laughs> nah, fuck you, Joe. You're fired. <laughs> Vince talks about how Shane got out of the business and is now more successful. Uh, he personally apologizes to Punk for sending him his termination papers on his wedding day. Says it was purely coincidence, which I know <laughs> we're gonna, I know we're gonna talk about that in a minute. <laughs> okay, no, let's talk about it now. It's totally sure. Why the fuck not? Hey, CM Punk on Cold Cabana's podcast, the follow up, the second one. He says he he calls bullshit on that. He says if you didn't, he says no, you fucking knew. You know that's fucking bullshit. You fucking knew. You know. Yeah, I'll admit, last week I did. I did think, you know, maybe it was a coincidence, but the well, papers were da- signed and dated on his wedding day with overnight delivery. Yeah. Well, you and I had talked about this earlier in the week, Mark. We we, we yeah. kind of glossed over this a little bit, talking about how it, it, it could it is in charge of talent relations. Could it, could it, it be possible? And that letter out. Right. Could yeah, it be we possible? We actually did speak about it on the podcast last week, and I didn't think it was bullshit. His wife had to ask for the fucking time off. Exactly, and he pointed that out on the podcast as well, on the, the Cold Cabana podcast. But we, Mark and I kind of talked about it, and we said, is it possible that Vince legitimately didn't know? Like, Triple H is like, oh, we're going to send the shit out now, and we're going to make sure he gets it on his wedding day, and Vince is like, Vince is like oblivious to this, maybe? Is, is it possible? Well, that's possible, but as I said, if that's the case, Vince should deny responsibility and, 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 and I agree with you just continuing to lie he should have said something like I had no idea that happened I'm sorry I didn't know well, Vince says he hopes he can work with Punk again one day bullshit calls Punk a loner and claims the real issue was lack of communication bullshit uh, as far as the Undertaker at Wrestlemania Vince says Mark Calloway knew it was time to give back to the business and that Vince was the one who made the decision to end the streak. No, yeah, we already kind of knew that, though, from Shawn Michaels. Right. Yeah, Shawn said he was dead during the meeting. Yeah, Vince says that Brock Lesnar doesn't appear very often because of Brock's contract, but also because he wants Brock uh, wants to make Brock seem more like a special attraction. Which, we've talked about that before. I actually do agree with this one, too. I think yeah, that, that, that one I do agree with. Right, I mean, you advertise that he's coming back, and holy shit, there's Brock Lesnar. Got to tune in. It was on. It was part of Paul Heyman's promo as well. Like you don't make Christmas every day, and that. Yeah, exactly. It's weird stuff. Exactly. 
Uh, Vince says we will absolutely see Randy Savage in the Hall of Fame. I don't want to bullshit that because I hope it's true. And I, I certainly said do it, He has to do it. Yeah, well, I, 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 no, he doesn't. Where did you get your sources? I didn't <laughs> say that. I said Randy Orton. <laughs> yeah. You're yeah, fired. He'll, he'll come back in a few years' time saying, I got the wrong Randy. <laughs> I, I mean, ethically, you would think that he has to do it. But will he do it? I I don't think he commits to anything. This guy changes his fucking main event finishes before a pay-per-view, like sometimes during the show. Yeah. <laughs> so, don't hold your breath. You might turn out to die. Uh, Vince McMahon says he didn't put the territories out of business. They put themselves out of business. Brett screwed Brett. <laughs> Vince claims there is no heat between the WWE and Jim Ross, but he acted unprofessionally. Oh, and by God. he means Jim Ross, not he himself. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Punk talking about that on the podcast was awesome. But <laughs> but if you want to hear even better at uh, uh, Bauer and Pollock's uh, podcast, oh, that was great. He, oh my God, that was he lost it on on that. He, start, he works with Jar and his uh, uh, what is it? I guess a speaking tour. It's not really a comedy stand-up thing or anything. Yeah, he does a one-man show tour. Yeah, that 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 you gotta go check out. It's uh, through the Law Family and and the uh, MLW Family. You can get it either or a podcast and just hearing Court go off about that part of uh, <laughs> Vince's little comment. Jr. was probably one of the best moments of the week. <laughs> Vince claims, uh, or Vince says that Jr. moved back to Oklahoma from Connecticut, and that you quote can't half-ass this job. And as I was saying, as Court said he could do everything from his home. He could have done absolutely everything. There was no reason for him to stay in Connecticut, and he he hated living there. That's why he moved back. And there was no reason for him to stay. So yeah. I, I like I like that you can't half-ass your job. Um, dude, dude gave one hundred fucking and ten percent, and he's parallel. He's kind of handicapped now. The guy has what had what Bell's was it Bell's palsy? Yeah, like yeah, three times and barely half his face can barely move. And he's you're you're talking about he can't half-ass the job. Well, he's giving you 150 percent while freaking handicapped, and he's still better than your any of your commentators you have today. Because it's all because it was Vince. I'm surprised he didn't say you can't half-face this job. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, Austin seriously tells Vince that there's only one minute left. We got one minute. One minute. One minute. I own the damn network. <laughs> We're going another 15 minutes. <laughs> that seriously happened. <laughs> yeah, I know. I did pop for that. That was pretty funny. Vince that claims... Was, yeah, and then there was the disturbing parts of the podcast. That's... Uh, you have your one last note where he says he doesn't listen to the audience. But before we get to that, what was all the fucking throwing people in the pool shit all about? What the fuck is wrong with that guy? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, uh, yeah. Because <laughs> that's not in our notes. And he, he went on about that forever. And, and he, he was like, smiling, oh, it's so fun. I want to throw, throw Pat Patterson in the pool. And then, we'll, then I'll toss my wife in the pool. And, Gonna throw everybody in the goddamn pool. <laughs> and the faces they make when they're in the pool. <laughs> and this, this is not voice. shit we're making up. If you haven't seen this this uh, Stone Cold podcast, this is not shit we're making up. This is serious. This actually happened. <laughs> this, uh, this was actually said. 
I, that, I think that was the point I tapped out. Well, you, you and I were kind of watching it live sim- almost simultaneously on Monday night, and I'm just like, fuck this guy. I, I, I think you were maybe like 30 seconds ahead of me. <laughs> I think you were. But, <laughs> but we were we were both watching it after it aired. <laughs> uh, and Vince uh, claims not to be out of touch, claims he listens to the audience. Austin okay. gets on him. He says, okay, you listen to the audience. How do they get a hold of you? How do they let you know what they want to see? Do they tweet at WWE? Do they tweet at Vince McMahon? <laughs> no, you buy a ticket. <laughs> so I, I hopped on Twitter just afterwards, and I saw a tweet from, from somebody. Uh, I can't think of the name off the top of my head, but I saw a tweet from somebody. They they listed things that they would like to see from WWE and I said hey that's not a bad idea and I actually did the same right here on boardwrestlingfan.com um, and tweeted to Vince McMahon and to WWE like hey you listen to the audience alright listen to this I, I buy tickets when you're in town you know <laughs> you don't gotta you can't tell me I, I don't have any say in this product if you're telling me that you listen to your audience unless they say something he disagrees with right exactly critics yeah <laughs> Um, CM Punk. Anyone will tell you you have to listen to your critics to improve. Exactly. I- ignore trolls. Ignore everyone who says WWE shit. But don't ignore the people who say we want it to be better, please. Exactly. And I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Absolutely. What's a spectator sport after all when Daniel Bryan walks into an arena and it's empty? Because without us, there is no WWE. Yeah. And they'll find that out soon enough when people stop buying tickets. But are enough people going to stop buying tickets? Are there enough people that are not, you know, are are there enough people that can take their loyalty to this company and put it aside and say, okay, I'm not going to this WWE show that's coming? That's right. Other things you can do. Like, wherever they have a house show today, save your money. By the Ring of Honor pay-per-view. I, I haven't been to a house show since uh, before Eminem debuted on the main <laughs> roster. Yeah, they, they got they got one coming in Calgary later. I'm fucking not going to that. Oh, their their next one here is January. It's a house show. I'm like, I don't know about that. Yeah, it's been a couple, two or three years that I've been. It's been a while. I, I thought about going to the last one because I thought maybe they'd have some NXT guys. Uh, but they were also running Albany the same night. And I read the results for both shows. The NXT guys were at the Albany show. All the Buffalo show was all main roster guys. It's like, I'm kind of glad I didn't go. Because I didn't want to go. But whenever they're here for TV, I go. And I think that's just loyalty to the product and to the brand because I've been a fan for so long. It's kind of hard for me to say, no, we're not going. It's called Stockholm Syndrome and an abusive relationship. I guess, I guess. (laughs) I mean, and and, and, and and you know, I wrote an article after the last Raw that was here because my wife was bored out of her skull. She was falling asleep next to me watching this show, and she's a wrestling fan just like I am. Uh, there, there's a way out. Our man, JT, he managed to escape from the clutches of he watching did. Weekly. Yeah. Now, of course, he's trapped in my basement apartment, but... <laughs> I honestly mostly watch out of loyalty to this show. I think that's I think that's part of it to be honest with you. I mean, I and 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 a lot of weeks I don't even have to watch to do this show because we like we basically touched on Raw and said it sucked. And and that was it. And then it's like, okay, oh, Lou's calling. Let's let's, let's get to our interview with Lou. <laughs> Everything else is just podcasts. 
and interviews that we've heard and, and things. I, I know we've got a couple of stories coming up about uh, about the WWE doctors and stuff like that, and we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to it. But obviously right now we're talking about things that weren't on TV. More interesting. Yeah, we, we're, we're talking about... I mean, obviously, you know, you, ha- you, you, you the, the Vince McMahon podcast was on WWE Network. But... We're going over that, so you don't have to pay nine ninety nine yeah. a month. Basically, it seems like, and that's the thing. Like you say, you're gonna you stop watching Raw. Yeah, okay, yeah. I pay my I pay for the network every month, and you know what? I, what do I watch on the network? I go and then I'm like, ooh, I'm watching Survivor Series nineteen ninety one because that's one of my favorite ones because it has the one where the Undertaker debut. Or wait, was it nineteen ninety? I'm sorry, nineteen ninety. It's one where the Undertaker debuted, and at the end of it, you had the five on three match for the Ultimate Survivor. You know. Which was great. They should bring that back. Yeah, I I started watching the 1993 Ross, starting with episode two because I have episode one on DVD, uh, and then I went, and I'm on. I'm in like December of 1994 right now, and I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna get to like September, and then I'm gonna start watching the Nitros alongside the Raws. <laughs> like 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 the Monday Night War. You gonna yeah. you gonna do the I'll watch reading. Raw. I'll watch huh? Raw and then I'll watch Nitro. <laughs> or like, 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 you're gonna you're gonna figure out how to do the the, the rating thing at the time for the, like they do on the Monday Night War program. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For full effect, switch over to Raw when Mick Foley's announced as winning the title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's funny because I used to watch them in I I had picture in picture I I was I I had the benefit of having a TV with picture in picture to watch both. So if something was going on on Raw. And I'm watching Nitro. It's like, oh shit, what's going on over here? And just hit a button, and it's right there. And I'm still watching Nitro in the in the corner of the screen. You know, <laughs> it's like, oh, the cruiser weights are done. All right, over to Raw. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much. Yeah. All right. Well, let, let's let's move on here. Uh, Punk went out of his way to show that he wasn't watching the McMahon podcast by tweeting about a hockey game he had on during it. He was talking about the uh, L.A. Kings game, I believe. <laughs> L.A. Kings and the Avs. Is that what it was? Habs and Avs. Chicago for sure, regardless. No, it was the it was it was Montreal and the Avalanche. I don't know. I I wasn't this, uh, this I, ha- I don't go on Twitter as much as you, man. I'll take your word for this, it. Well, I just clicked on the link you have here. The Habs Av game is bonkers. St. Patrick. I'd love it if he has the network. <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously he he knows what Vince said because. Uh, he did his uh, second interview with Colt Cabana's podcast, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, most of the locker room is scared to agree with CM Punk in public, even if they privately have the same gripes and complaints he did, because they feel WWE will retaliate against him. A few people think he has sour grapes, though, and that he got better bookings than most of them did in similar situations. As of this uh, this morning, about an hour or so ago, WWE has issued a statement. One sentence. WWE wishes Phil Brooks, a.k.a. CM Punk, the best of luck in his newest endeavor, period. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, well, That's last week, Punk revealed in his sensational interview on Cold Cabana's podcast that one of the reasons he quit WWE was due to his health and questionable medical tactics by WWE doctors, in which he claims they misdiagnosed MRSA he was suffering from at the time as a fatty deposit, adding the company was pressuring him to uh, return despite being injured. Uh, it has now come to light that uh, former WWE superstar Bob Holly uh, also experienced a similar scenario, which he wrote about in his book, The Hardcore Truth, revealing on the day of Eddie Guerrero's death, he discovered a bump on his underarm, and WWE's Dr. Rios told him that he had a staph infection that spread to his forearm and he would need hop- hospitalization. That was Essa Rios. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it was. 
Uh, John Laurinaitis, who was vice president of talent operations at the time, he uh, was told about this, but insisted Holly was needed to go on the overseas tour. Holly said, if I refused to go, they would have probably fired me. Maybe that's how Eddie felt. During the tour, Holly's arms swollen to twice its normal size. When they got to Germany and Dr. Rios tried to drain the infection, uh, but unbeknownst to him, it had already spread to the bone, leading to Holly's hospitalization and the revelation he had MRSA. Holly noted that surgery didn't work. He was put on vancomycin, a last resort antibiotic, which if it didn't work, his arm would have had to been amputated. Holly said, that man, Laurinaitis, is the reason you ended up in the hospital and nearly lost your arm. Because they'd gone against Dr. Rios's orders, the company was very liable, and they knew that they had set themselves up for a huge lawsuit. I could tell because they were kissing my ass the whole time I was off, telling me not to worry about anything, and that they'd get me anything I needed. Former yeah, WWE... Uh, now, adding to that, Rene Dupree came out d- to discredit the medical team. Following CM Punk and Hardcore Holly, Dupree says... Uh, back in 2004, already beaten up and fatigued from the rent- a relentless WWE schedule, Dupree was diagnosed with having a uh, hematoma on his right temple, uh, which is a very deep bruise. They were going to put me in the ring, but then Michael K- Michael Hayes came around and said, Hey man, can you actually work? I said, I don't know. I wasn't going to go into the ring regardless. I had this massive thing on my head, went in and talked to Stephanie McMahon, and sh- Stephanie said, No, take the night off. When Dupree left to catch a flight is when his real problems began. The pressure in the cabin changes when you touch down, and the fucking thing just exploded in the lavatory. It looked like I got shot in the head. There was so much blood. I was wearing a white Gold's Gym t-shirt and was covered in blood. Triple H was on the same flight. To his credit, he stayed with me the whole time, made sure I was okay, and got off the plane. But when the paramedics and EMTs said, "Uh, Listen, you've got to go to the hospital now because you could die. Chris Candido had just died a few months earlier from a blood clot in his leg. I had one in my fucking temple. But I could see the trainer, when the EMTs were talking, our trainer was looking at me, shaking his head no, because it would have cost the company too much money. Basically, that's what I got from the trainer. The scar from the incident and surgery uh, remains to this day. The way I look at it, I risked my life to save the company a few extra bucks. His head exploded. His head exploded. No, you're fine. <laughs> Here's Z-pack. a Z-pack. Z-pack yeah. on it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, this uh, we, we touched on this at the start of the interview. Uh, PW Insider reports that former WWE, WCW, and Smoky Mountain Wrestling star Gigolo Jimmy Del Rey has died at age 52 after suffering an apparent heart attack Saturday night. Uh, the Blue Meanie confirmed the news on his official Facebook page. In addition to stints in WWE, WCW, and Smoky Mountain Wrestling, Del Rey, real name David Ferrier, also worked some singles matches in ECW. He's best known as Jimmy Graffiti in WCW and Jimmy Backlund on the Florida Independent scene. Del Rey was perhaps best known as one half of the Heavenly Bodies alongside Dr. Tom Pritchard, managed by the legendary Jim Cornette. Of course, uh, on behalf of us, as well as, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure the entire wrestling community, uh, we'd like to extend our condolences to the family and friends of Jimmy Del Rey. Fox 5 in Atlanta via PW.net reports that Atlanta police have issued an arrest warrant for Heath Slater, real name Heath Miller, for an incident at the WrestleMania 27 after party in 2011. Yeah, baby! Corinne Oliver, who was working security, claims that Slater put her in a chokehold and tried to get her into an elevator to drag her to his room at the Hyatt Regency Atlanta. She claims the attack caused damage to five vertebrae in her back. 
She reported the matter to her supervisor at Allied Barton Securities the morning after it happened, but she waited three months to file a police report. She claimed that she waited for the supervisors to file the report, but they didn't. She also said that other wrestlers saw what Slater was doing and didn't help. Uh, the police report said the incident was simple assault battery. WWE lawyer Jerry McDevitt said in a statement that the charges were filed against Slater and not the company. Uh, they've also the company now has responded to Slater's arrest uh, or warrant anyway. Uh, although their response casts experience on the process, WWE has been advised that a misdemeanor arrest warrant has been issued against Heath Miller, a.k.a. Heath Slater, but we have not seen a copy of or been provided with the underlying charges. Once this information is received by WWE, we'll take the appropriate action. For what it's worth, Slater had a response to, calling it completely frivolous and allowing his attorney, uh, vowing his attorney will handle it. Awkward. Speaking that, that story rang a bell like when we'd heard something about it in the past on the show in the news before. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, we were doing this around WrestleMania 27, weren't we? Or did we start before, after 27? I don't know, whatever. Well, if it took three months, I have no idea. But I, I do recall the story. Yeah, this definitely seems familiar, but there's so many fucking lawsuits that probably happened over the last three years because it's I'm not sure. uncommon. You know, it kind of breaks your heart. Uh, this has got to break the heart of the people in Calgary. Teddy Hart is wanted on multiple charges of sexual assault. Uh, Hart's father, BJ Annis, says his son will return to Canada to face the charges and called them groundless. He'll be back. He's talking to a lawyer right now, so we'll see what happens. I've spoken to him every day, and needless to say, he's pretty upset by this. So is that anything... Uh, what do you think of that, G? Being a uh, Cal- Calgarian. Honestly, <laughs> can't comment on it too much. Um, it's not not common knowledge or anything like that around the scene uh, from what I've been privy to. Um, I've heard stories referenced from other people on certain interviews about stuff like uh, being a swinger and things like that, however. Um and that I've heard, again, all hearsay about him being very sexually ambiguous and whatnot. But, I mean, I couldn't confirm or deny it that I know anybody or I've ever heard personal anecdote from someone that I would trust and say, yeah, that's legit. You know, who knows, man? Who knows? It's a funny world with sexual harassment uh, charges of any kind and interpretation, yeah. unfortunately, has led to some pretty bizarre cases. And then that goes for all walks of life and occupations, not just professional wrestlers of course uh but i mean you know being a being a swinger or being sexually ambiguous doesn't necessarily make you a uh you know somebody that's gonna sexually harass somebody or sexually assault somebody in this case that's right so we'll and that that's all i can tell you is that i know that he's uh apparently he does you know enjoy himself but whether he does that at the expense of people i no no idea yeah we'll we'll have to keep an eye on this story i'm sure we'll we'll find out more as it goes along uh, former OVW wrestler Rip Steele has been arrested on drug charges in Biloxi. Uh, far too many to list, in fact. He's in a lot of trouble. Brock Lesnar is not only officially advertised for WrestleMania 31, but he's now being advertised for the following Raw taping at the SAP Center in San Jose, California. Brock Lesnar is now being advertised for WrestleMania 31, as well as the next day's Raw mentioned above. Uh, he's no longer advertised for tomorrow's edition of Raw. 
Uh, the latest dates on Brock Lesnar, he'll make his return on the December 15th episode of Raw in Detroit, appear at the December 29th episode of Raw in Washington, the January 12th Raw in Minneapolis, and the January 19th Raw in Dallas. He's expected, but not currently booked for the Royal Rumble, and he's also booked for the post-pay-per-view edition of Raw in Hartford. The decision to pull Brock Lesnar from the Slammies was made at the last minute this week as WWE decided the Slammy Awards were enough of a draw without him and they didn't want to use one of his remaining dates available for it. Oh, man. I love when we get these stories like this. Um, I mentioned it last week where it's like they can't figure out where their tails and heads begin and end. What we do know is Brock Lesnar may or may not appear on WWE programming in the near future. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It is like it's the like CM Punk story. CM yeah. Punk may or may not return at Raw reports Dave Meltzer. <laughs> Did you guys ch- catch uh, Botch Spot, the, the latest Botch Spot? It was uh, a, no. Which one? It, it's a poll. It's uh, who do you think the, the anonymous Raw general manager is? And there's like these, you know, in fact, let me let me pull it up because. Yeah, I've not seen that one. Because <laughs> it, it's, it's actually good. I'll, I'll, I'll get it oh, here. Oh, they're all good. I, I usually hit them all in like four at a time though yeah that's that's what i ended up doing i missed him for a while and it was like oh yeah WWE's creative team is using it as a placeholder because vince changes his mind by the hour so it's impossible to plan even one week ahead and he thinks you're too dumb to remember it was revealed by to be horton swoggle so now you're stuck with this crap until triple h takes over again thanks to that stupid john cena stipulation where he can only he can fire uh, hire him back although that will probably be forgotten about too. Yeah, this is a uh, who do you think is really behind the anonymous Raw GM poll uh, as seen on the network? I, I voted for Eric Bischoff. Eric Bischoff, the Authority, or Brock Lesnar were the other three choices. <laughs> Vince is in there. God damn it! Who put that option in there? And Triple H is the third one? No, Brock Lesnar. He'll start counting his appearances as the. He'll start counting the anonymous Raw GM using as his appearances. <laughs> well, <laughs> apparently he does, so they can't film. Like random promos with him to air when he's not there because he'll count Lewis's appearances. Yeah, I, smart, I guess that's a smart businessman. It is. Hey, why? It was a while back. There was a Paul Heyman promo where he's talking <laughs> off stage as if he's talking to Lesnar. Yeah, yeah, I recall that. Uh, Sting's current WWE contract. Speaking of smart businessmen, calls for six appearances. He made one at the Survivor Series. He'll make one at WrestleMania. So he's obviously got four in between now and then. So there you go. <laughs> Sting will be on TV less than Brock Lesnar. Chris Jericho is currently scheduled for several live events in Canada. Those include January 31st in Edmonton, February 1st in Calgary, and February 20th. Huh? Not going. And February 28th in Toronto. Yeah, I don't, I don't need to see a fucking house show. Roman Reigns is being advertised for a SmackDown taping in Grand Rapids two weeks from now, but it's not clear if the Van Andel, uh, Van Andel Arena jumped the gun or if WWE directed them to use that marketing information. See your favorite WWE superstars, including Dean Ambrose versus Bray Wyatt, plus the return of Roman Reigns. It does not, of course, include this disclaimer, or it does, of course, include this disclaimer, talent is subject to change. Speaking of Roman Reigns, another... Uh news update it's got some bad news it's like Roman Reigns on your wedding day guys he got married this weekend so you know he got his walking papers <laughs> just, just, just make just make Roman Reigns look look strong <laughs> yeah 
Eric Bischoff and Bruce Pritchard will have an open forum discussion debate on the day of the Royal Rumble in Philadelphia from 1 to 3 p.m. Uh, before the WWE show begins. There will also be a one-hour VIP meet-and-greet before the debate at 12 p.m. That could be interesting. Could be. Uh, if anybody didn't know or catch the fact that he mentioned her by name, it was Mick Foley's daughter, Noelle, uh, was the blonde in his WWE shop segment. I wasn't paying attention, and apparently I really missed that. Yeah, he actually mentioned her by name because he was he did the, uh, what was he? He said St. Mick, and she called him out on it, and he said, no, I said St. Nick. And she no, you said St. Mick. No, quiet, Nicole. Uh, quiet, Noel. <laughs> I wouldn't have known and put two and two together because I didn't recognize her all growing up. And she's been yeah, doing the... Uh, really weirds people out that Mick Foley's daughter is all grown up and hot. She uh she does the uh, ringside collectibles videos for you uh, know. action Don't figure watch. collectors. Yeah. <laughs> no idea. Yeah. Oh, there you go. The more you know. Where's w- the NBC logo? WWE has registered a new trademark for Eric Rowan. Big Red. I wonder now if the Wrigley's chewing gum people or whatever the conglomerate owns that brand now will object. I hope so. I hate them calling him Big Red. What the fuck, man? That's Kane's gimmick. As long as it's as long as it makes Roman Reigns look strong. Yeah, exactly. I like upside down Sheamus better. Yeah. Yeah, I did like the revelation that he's actually not retarded, he's just an idiot savant. <laughs> I like how they gave him that, that Rubik's Cube and he like finished the Rubik's Cube I'm, cube. I'm like dude, I do that like six times a show on board wrestling fan radio. <laughs> I wanna try some of his wine. Yeah. Yeah, they said he's a he's a he's a award-winning winemaker. That's right. Acclaimed. Yes. Ah, uh, since he uh, Batista has been cast as a villain in the next James Bond movie, so he's not coming back. Yeah, he's going to be Bluefinger. <laughs> <laughs> See, he would he wouldn't he wouldn't make Roman Reigns look strong. David Batista as Mister Hinks. I think he's making his bank account look strong. <laughs> yes, he is. He certainly is. Since he's got nothing better to do right now, David Otunga is doing stand-up comedy. Da-da-da-da-da. Oh, wait, that's a serious story. <laughs> yeah, it is. I wonder if he has his coffee mug the whole time. That'd be awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome, actually. I miss that mug. There's a guy that they, uh, they had potential to do stuff with that I still, to this day, have no idea what really happened with him. He still interview works there. Bound to happen at some point. We're gonna find out. He works there. He's not. He, he they do? never released him. He just. What? He's under contract. They just never released him. As I far as I know. Which means he must be doing something because they did recently release all of his people. Yeah. Yeah. With all the cost cutting, you know, he's got one of those those really valuable Estrada contracts where they forget he's employed. <laughs> Apparently, he's actually legit trained as a lawyer so he might be somewhere in the legal department it would be smart you know those Harvard uh, law degrees they're uh, rather prestigious and they won't fail anybody because of the name on the school Oh, shots fired I live <laughs> in Canada Dixie Carter tried to put a positive spin on Spike not renewing impact which means she's doing damage control I said to them I feel like we have to do something different we can't just be status quo going into a new deal 
It can't just be a two-hour impact. We have to grow our brand and do some things differently and really shake it up. That was the tone of all my conversation with networks. I'm not really interested in someone picking up our two-hour show. I'm interested in having someone become a partner on a much bigger level. Now, if if all of that's true, then, yeah, good on her for trying to grow the company. Yeah. I'll say that. Certainly. Dixie Carter says a new logo for Impact Wrestling will debut when the show moves to Destination America. That's what the show needs. Does that also mean it's no longer TNA and it will just be Impact Wrestling now? I think they've been trying to do that for years now, haven't they? <laughs> uh, Josh Matthews confirms his re- return to commentary. At Butterbean2019, I miss real... Uh, quote, uh, t- uh, tweeted, I miss at real Josh Matthews on uh, in WWE hashtag Raw. And Josh replied, January, my friend, at Destination America. And that, that was important to include, because I know you were speculating about that with the whole TNA news note last week. Yeah. But today, today is still going to be employed by the company in some capacity, they said. Right. And he has he has a good mind. So, you know, as much as it sucks that this channel, you know, won't be available to me, I, I hope that they do well. Do you have Hulu Plus? No, I'm not going to pay for Hulu Plus for TNA. Mm-hmm. I was and just I'd saying, have to get a chill. Well, no, no. I was just too. saying, if if you had it, if you had it, you, it's on. I discovered last week it was on. That's, yeah, but that, that's, that's, that's good news for but, a lot of fans. But you know, but that doesn't necessarily mean that Impact is going to be on Hulu Plus because it was on Spike, and Spike has shows on Hulu Plus. True. Uh, it, it's unfortunate because the show was really solid over the last six months plus. You know, it was highly entertaining more often than not you know with a few exceptions and even sometimes those became entertaining in a weird way like the Sam Shaw thing which was horribly awkward for a while became actually kind of interesting when they uh, when they paired him up with uh, oh shit our next news story (laughs) before we get into the next news story Taz confirms I'm going to have the best analyst in the biz who could beat up every other analyst across all platforms just burying today yeah uh, Brittany, uh, which is what she was getting at, Brittany has been apparently released from TNA uh, Impact Wrestling. Boo. Oh, well. It's too bad they couldn't have at least finished off that storyline, the character. Not that I was in love with Sam Shaw, but it actually... Well, she was. It, was <laughs> it turned it around, though. It it was only maybe three or four weeks there at the end where that angle actually was kind of entertaining and... She did a. She was, I thought, really good for that. Uh, that character for that fit. But cost cutting, of course, is inevitable when you're taking a big pay decrease going onto a new channel that they are in. Whatever, it is what it is. Not to be again back to Debbie Downer mode, but I took all these pills, and you know, WWE 2K15 ain't playing around when it comes to Chris Benoit. Upload his face to their servers and you will be banned. And let me let me let me follow up on this, please. Because I, I did read about this. Yeah. Uh, I read the tweets and it's I mean, honestly it's kinda ridiculous. What had happened is somebody uh was banned from Xbox Live and they, they uh or, or at least WWE two K fifteen uh, and they said, why, why, why can't I play? And they said, well, because you uploaded uh, Chris Benoit face to WWE uh, Community Creations, which is, you could go on there and you could download user-created uh, arenas and, and characters and stuff like that. Um, and they, they said, basically, it's still 
a WWE product, so we still have to follow WWE's rules. They've now since just been deleting the content from Community Creations and not banning people, but unfortunately this this first individual uh, was banned. And hopefully they'll resolve that for him, because if they're not banning anybody else, it's not fair to him. It, it just, I don't know, it just seems so ridiculous. Because Benoit is someone who gets made every single year. And yeah. And he... He's always downloaded as well. It's a surprisingly popular creation still. Oh, certainly. Benoit um, was a hell of a wrestler and, and a hell of a talent, a hell of a worker. And, and and it is, you know, it's terrible to see that the last three days of his life are what he's defined by. And, 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 and speaking of Benoit, I just, I wonder how fucked the E would be if someone brings him up like Punk did in the interview where he's like, people die in MMA. Uh, do you remember Benoit? Yeah. If Benoit's what happened to him is attributed in any way to the E, th- with all this medical stuff, they are fucked. Oh, yeah, yeah, certainly. Hiya, Nancy Grace. How you doing? Yeah. They're probably pretty happy they've buried him, if you'll pardon the <laughs> term, for the past few years. Yeah. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling is so psyched about their first day signups for New Japan World, their equivalent of WWE Network, that they're thinking of expanding to an English version with built-in English commentary. They were blown away with how many subscribers came from outside of Japan. An announcement about who JR's broadcast partner for the pay-per-view is expected to uh, to be announced by next week. God, it would be great if they brought in an English version and JR was the guy for everything. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be fantastic if this they can actually get a better TV deal than they have in place. But they're they're coming at North America hard this year, man. They really have been upping their game Certainly. over the last month or so. Well, Global Force Wrestling, who is presenting this this pay per view in January, uh, they will have the first TV taping in Las Vegas after the New Japan pay per view. But all of their focus right now is on promoting Wrestle Kingdom Nine. This is one of the more interesting things uh, about this whole New Japan world, uh, I guess app or whatever you want to call it, service is probably the best word, is they're going to have their pay-per-views broadcast on this actual service, which kind of means Global Force Wrestling might be out of the equation after this one pay-per-view. Possibly. Interesting. Interesting. They got their, like I said, they got their hands in a lot of pots, they're doing a lot of stuff, but whether all these companies will be able to work together... Because in wrestling, that doesn't really always work out so well, at least in North American history. Yeah, but we'll see. New Japan Pro Wrestling is probably the one company that has been successfully able to coexist with um, competitive rivals over the years. So, all right. Uh, WWE has announced three new Slammy Award categories: Double Cross of the Year, NXT Superstar of the Year, and Animal of the Year. For, we announced Animal of the Year well way before they ever did. So yeah. make sure you tune into our awards show next week. Yeah, but Brock Lesnar is winning that because he's the beast. He counts. No, 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 no. You know who's winning Animal of the Year? Is TLC actually the fourteenth? TLC is next Sunday. Yes. Oh my lord! He's on the network. Is this Sunday? <laughs> is it? Yeah. <laughs> Like like tonight like 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 as in tonight. Yeah, it, it's on the schedule as on tonight. <laughs> oh shit, that's interesting. Oops. Huh. I, I loved all that promotional work they did on Raw for it. Um, also, hey man, they have that NXT thing coming up this week, and 
That is. Boy, they plugged the hell out of that. That was is like Sting's match on Raw, Raw two weeks ago. That is this Thursday, the NXT uh, TakeOver, Our Evolution. Which I found out is spelled literally Our Evolution. Yes. It is spelled like revolution. <laughs> um, but come on, you, you guys know who's winning Animal of the Year at the Slammy Awards. It's not Batista and it's not Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Oh, shit, I forgot about Batista being called the animal. It's neither one of them. Holy shit, it does well, say tonight. I know who it does say tonight at 8 p.m. I know I know who they're going to give it to, I think. But the question is, who are we going to give it to? <laughs> who, do you, who who are you thinking they're going to give it to? Because you know who I... Because I think you and I are maybe on the same same wavelength here. Uh, I the think they're going to give it to... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, it's the goddamn bunny. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about the bunny. I, I did, but I still don't think that's who they're going to give it to. I think he's going to be involved in the segment where they're going to give them the award to Crumpy Cat. Oh, yeah. Well, who's and we're all going to be fucking ranting about it on Sunday next week. Board Wrestling Fan Radio, 2 p.m. Eastern. Cock talk. Bunny, I like that they've updated his costume so you can't see what color he is. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, tonight on on WWE Network at 8 p.m. it is TLC 2013. Uh, that's what I thought when I saw that. I was like it has to be last year's or something. But if you go on the app, it just says WWE TLC tonight at 8 p.m. <laughs> as soon as as soon as you launch the app, it says only 9.99 a month, no commitment, cancel any time, sign up now. WWE TLC tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern. It doesn't say what year. It just says WWE TLC. Yeah. So, so you're right about that. But yes, I, I am. I'm fully expecting them to give Animal of the Year to Grumpy Cat. And of course, this may be the silliest item of the week. See, this is how you know it's not tonight's paper. It's it's not next week's pay per view they're advertising for tonight. WWE resigned their TLC pay per view webpage to read WWE tables, ladders, stairs, and chairs. Uh, tables, ladders, chairs, and stairs rather to reflect the fact that they booked a stairs match between Eric Rowan and the Big Show. And it's listed on Wikipedia as tables, ladders, chairs, and puppies. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I, I've seen a couple updates on Wikipedia, actually. I like the one that was tables, ladders, chairs, and titty masters. <laughs> <laughs> uh. yeah, that's my best. That's my favorite. The, the picture of Dean Ambrose and just a bunch of the other guys being drunk, except for Ambrose, who looks serious. And it's everyone's getting drunk, and I'm just sitting here thinking about titties. <laughs> uh, CM Punk was on Cold Cabana's podcast this past week we've been dropping references to that whole time but there was actually not much in our notes about it uh, I would suggest listening to the interview if it is available uh, right now on iTunes, Stitcher and uh, SoundCloud go to coldcabana.com for anywhere you could get it basically um, it's definitely worth a listen I, I listened to it on my way home from work one morning it was it was good listen as the show all, pretty much always is. Yeah. Art of Wrestling is a great, great podcast. And Colt's and, been and, doing and, it for, what, four, four plus years now. And I'm with Colt. Uh, I feel bad for whoever his guest is next week. Yeah, that's going <laughs> to be tough to follow. Yeah. Speaking of uh, Dean fucking Ambrose, happy birthday. He's 29. Oh, well, happy birthday then. And they work fast at the UFC because... Uh, it's pretty, uh, pretty much a guesstimate, but it's believed that Punk's fight debut will be in July at the UFC Fan Expo. <laughs> As I stated on Twitter last night, I might actually have to start watching UFC. 
I know there's there've been a number of times I've said okay I have to watch this show but I never do. This time maybe. It's CM Punk, man. I'm such a huge CM Punk fan. I will follow him over to UFC. I I, I think you know I I think that's that's probably the thing that'll get me to start watching. Yeah, but U- UFC is one of those things that's hard to find through alternate means. They're pretty good at keeping that stuff away. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I talk to me. Yeah, I, I, we, we, we <laughs> I have no problems finding it. You know, we, we can, uh, you know, we, we don't advocate this stuff, but we, we know how to find it. <laughs> There's, uh, I'm not sure about the Fan Expo. Yeah, that, that, that's that should be probably be a pay-per-view yeah. or if that'll be a televised event. That's probably going to be televised, if anything. I, it, I think they would put him on a pay-per-view because CM Punk has to be a name draw. That's true, but they'd get paid a lot of money from Fox, too, which would give them a massive ratings drop. I don't know when their their contract mm-hmm. is probably not up for a couple of years with them, though. It's, yeah. it's hard to say. I agree with you, Mark. It would be a draw, but I just I don't know enough about the UFC that I can I can tell you for a fact that'll be a pay-per-view and what that event's all about with the Fan Expo. I don't really know. So well, 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 we got months. We got months. We'll figure it out. We'll let folks listening know who are interested for sure. All right, we've got a response to what I hope happens to uh, during TLC for the tag belts on Reddit. <laughs> I want Miz to go on to Hollywood superstardom, money, fame, you name it, and the precipice being him winning the Academy Award for Best Actor, only to have Miz Dow being the one to accept it. Miz's life becomes a train wreck. Maurice doesn't notice the difference between the two and leaves Miz. Miz's kids call Miz Dow daddy. His parents call Miz Dow son. Miz's dog doesn't recognize him over Miz Dow. Pictures of the Miz at his house strangely become Miz Dow. And then an old friend comes to his former master's aide, A-Rai. A-Rai trains Miz a la Rocky Mick. This, of course, leading to uh, leading into a match of mania between the two. Miz is closing in on some due diligence and goes for the skull-crushing finale and hits it. Pins Miz down for the win, but the major twist! He looks down at his fallen foe and sees himself. Stuck in a permanent identity crisis that will seemingly never see a sunny day again, a hopeless, fear-stricken Miz climbs the WrestleMania stage and casts himself into the fans below who pay no mind to Miz <laughs> as they give Miz down an emotional standing ovation for winning his match. <laughs> Yeah, I I love Reddit sometimes. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's you know at least once a week I can find something pretty awesome over there. Um, this week I found two. This one, was, <laughs> next one was pretty fantastic. Finally, a recent Jeopardy episode featured the answer. Answer seven letters. What? It's what CM Punk and it, uh, excuse me. It's what Kevin Nash and CM Punk do. Nobody could come up with the question. What is wrestle? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, unreal, unreal. I've seen this. We're smarter than the Jeopardy people. Yeah. (laughs) Oh well. I guess I guess it goes to show you that you know there are some names that we we would think are better known that aren't. Uh, Perhaps Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant would have better been better names, but maybe it would have been too easy. Yeah. Probably. All right. Well then, I'm surprised they picked those two. I mean, they could have said John Cena. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, on that note, I think we're done, right? Anybody else have anything to add? No. Two plus two, it's four. (laughs) All right, well then. 
for at G of the Internet, at Random Redhead, at Bark underscore Noise. I am at Think So Joe. Big thanks to Lou D and Jelly for being our guests this week and promoting the hell out of it all week. Uh, and, and of course to uh, Fever Red for, for supplying us a second break song this week, giving us an extra couple of minutes to relax. Uh, and uh, tune in next week. Of course, you could get this show live at BWFRadio.com every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time or afterwards on BoardWrestlingFan.com, CheapHeat.com, iTunes, Stitcher. Just look for us. We're there. I think I'm going to build an arc. 